Welcome to the Saturn Studs cast. I'm your host and have always been your host. Don't believe any propaganda to the contrary. I've been here forever. Don't. It's the truth. You'll believe it now, uh, Peter. And I'm and I'm joined by my co-host Jake, um, the one hey, and only, the, the two of us. We are we are the the two man podcast here since uh, you know 20, 2017. And if you require to have a gluten-free host supplied to you during communion, uh, make sure you raise your hand and you let us know ahead of time so the uh, priest can just whip out his trisket at the beginning of Mass and bless it real quick so I can pop that want, over to you. I want my host to be in the little cup. The li- See, there's... We used to have... In, back, in the, back in the 90s, when they were cool, you used to have the little plastic shot glasses on the fucking mm-hmm. party tray. But uh, they have since moved to the little, the current cups, the current Christ. See, I was raised on just, oh, natural. You got a dish of cereal, milkless cereal, and uh, in, the, in the form of this flavorless cracker. And, uh, and then you all share the wine cup. And uh, enough enough disinfectant was just wiping away the previous person's spittle. Um, and I, I was like, never dawned on me that that's weird until 2019. I don't know why, for whatever reason. Germs. Everybody just got rid of it. And they were germs like, were invented uh, in 2019. Yeah. Germs were invented in 2019. We had a, there was a phase that we all went through in the uh, in the early 2000s where we so we always did it in a in a circle. We all got on our knees in a circle with the pastor in the middle, and they they give us the old grip it and rip it, they are the uh, rip it and dip it actually, where they got the loaf of bread, like oh. honest to god loaf of fucking bread, and they actually like you ripped off a piece and you dip it. In the cup, you know that, that shit like, would be nice. Authentic experience. If we had, you know, I feel like that's how it should be, and I can imagine like just some Italian American goomba priest with just a uh, an Italian loaf and like Nona's spare paring knife <laughs> that he just <laughs> fucking rips off. He just cuts into a little bit, and he's like, "Here you go," and house it's key, like the house Chianti in the cup. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the house county is like, what do we got? Are we out? Oh my god, I gotta break into last year's supply. Oh, oh, mama mia! Oh no, we got a good one coming out of the oven. Like a garlic bread loaf comes out, breaks open the tin. This is my tin foil given for you. You know, while he's blessing it, he's like, we got a nice county. You know, year two thousand sixteen, good year. Good grapes came out of these vineyards. You're welcome. You're welcome. Remember, everybody, when that donation basket comes around, I'm watching you. Yeah, we <laughs> took is... your uh, we took your tithe and we spent it on the good wine. We got, <laughs> we got the premium vintage. We only break this out for special masses. You know how, how many do... weeks before Easter this is? <laughs> it's ain't a special week. I'll tell oh, you yeah, what. It was it was Ash Wednesday yesterday. Yeah, that's why I'm all I'm all religious stopped up. I got a little plus sign. I went to go see Ant-Man with a plus sign on my head. 
That's pretty cool. Plus for big, because he went yeah. small. He gets the minus sign. Um, <laughs> so this was how we started this episode. It's this is the uh, the twenty seven and a half hertz edition of the cast. Um, for the you know, by which I mean, uh, it's the A zero, which is the lowest key on the piano. <laughs> so it's the lowest key edition of the cast. <laughs> yeah, we're low key. We like to keep it low key over here. Yeah. You know, I mean, we're in phase five of the Marvel series. Low key yeah. in its variance. <laughs> yeah, I talked to my friend about that today because he was like asking me when I went to go see Ant Man. And um, we, had a, we had a good long discussion. And we're, he's like, he's like, what was it? He's like, uh, yeah, this is a weird phase four. And I'm like, he's like, phase four has been weird. And I'm like, dog, we're in phase five. Haven't you heard? Wakanda Forever was the death of phase four <laughs> yeah. and T'Challa. That's so we, uh, Kurt and I were like, we were talking about that. Uh, my buddy Kurt, you, I don't I don't know if anyone in the audience knows. Um, hmm. he's a, I hung out with him in college. <laughs> he, he stumbled into my room one day wearing an American bandana. He demanded to play Yu-Gi-Oh with me. And he brought his... <laughs> I, I had my set from the 90s where the biggest thing was I had a blue eyes white dragon and then he comes in playing his uh, national championships frog deck. And I'm like, oh, this is this is a level of Yu-Gi-Oh I was not prepared for. He he just straight up put you in an episode of Yu-Gi-Oh. He, that, that's some mm-hmm. like, let's duel. They're all sending you to the Shadow Realm. Except and you're like, everyone. oh no, but my grandpa. My, my cards. I thought he had the best card. Yeah, yeah, then he he leaned over and ripped up your blue eyes. (laughs) Fuck you, Peter. (laughs) You show up to this duel with this trash. (laughs) I I could see the fact that everyone involved was IV drip attached to a goon bag on the occasion. Uh, I could see that happening. Like two people just having a duel out in the street on hot dog day. He swings at your life points directly, and then you just have a heart palpitation. And you're like, ah! <laughs> yeah, what the shit? Like, oh my! Oh my god! That's what the if, cattle right. prod under the table. <laughs> so what if they played? What if you played like old school Yu? Because you new school Yu Gi Oh, you lose in one turn. It's too mm. fast. Yeah, you play fast. old Yu Gi Oh with an IV like with with a goon bag attached. And for every life point you lose, it's like a tenth of an ounce. So like, like yeah. So like at the end, like every game, it's like or something like eight ounces, and it just shoots. Whenever you lose life points, it just shoots wine into your mouth. <laughs> That'll send you to the fucking shadow realm. I'll tell you what. Or you just both or... play with like. I, I, well, I'm sure. Um, what's his name? Michael. Um... Michael Reeves on YouTube should should oh. make some sort of like make some sort of like tens unit device where uh, you get attacked and then he just hooks it up to like uh, an online thing and you just get shocked like crazy when you when you lose life points and depending on how much Yo. life points you lose you get shocked at that level or something like that and I'm sure that could be arranged. Oh, absolutely. You remember? Do you remember? All right. Before we continue with this episode, do you remember the episode in the second season? Where he gets like trapped in the basement, and the other wizard dude has like he has him hooked up to like saw blades. <laughs> like when you lose Who, life points, it'll cut your legs off. Who is he? <laughs> it was this. A, this was the inspiration for Saw. Yeah, was yeah exactly. That, um, 
who was that another guy that had like a piece of the millennium puzzle no um, he was he, this was during the mind control dude with merrick Oh, fuck. I don't know if I let me that. let me find it. I'll I'll see. I, I I know I watched all of the like the Dual Island series, and yep. then after that, I remember sporadic episodes here and there. Yeah, the um, you know, Yu Gi Oh, Yu Gi, he got a cool, like, sexy vest and like a chain. He he got mad chains. Oh, this guy, I remember this, this dude. Guy. Yeah, yeah. And they fucking they had to like censor it in the four kids. So, oh, God, like, as soon as the, the magical saw blade touches you, you go to the shadow realm. <laughs> and your legs totally don't get cut off. Yeah. And then they eventually ended up on bikes. <laughs> card, card games on motorcycles. Card games on motorcycles. Quant, quantum card games. In the uh, Quantum chess. They didn't, they didn't come out with the quantum chess, though, for this movie. I was kind of disappointed. But, um... But... I do have to explain where we are coming at you live. It's a special place. It was it was a good shout out in the movie. We are coming at you live as always because the ants led us and we drank their goo um, from their stage two technocratic society that is built off of a rare form of socialism, the charged word of socialism, um, where everything is shared and there is no wealth inequality amongst the ants. No, Jake. Socialism why- is when the government does stuff. The, I, I like how Michael stuff, more Michael is. Douglas was just like we we have to revert to ants to become socialists. <laughs> he's like he's like ants are pure. They don't see they don't see, see uh, you know different. They don't see race. They don't see. And there was there were different forms of ants. There were like white ants and there were black ants and they were they were working there were large together. Ants. There were large ants. They were not not fat shaming. There were you know? uncles. Even uncles, <laughs> there were those that could fly and those that could not, and they were not discriminating. They were just placing you in what job fit you best. And if you flew, you were the air support. And if you could crawl, you were mm-hmm. just fucking up Kang because and, you're an ant. That's all you know how to do. Yep. And what if you were a rogue ant who wanted to love a human, and you you flew out of the hive, and you know you uh, you fell in love, and you asked him, "Do you like jazz?" Is that where Anthony is? Yeah, because I was I was waiting for an Anthony reference and I didn't get it. I was I was quite displeased. It wasn't happening. Oh well, you know, yeah. oh, shit happens. Fucking, now you got me thinking about B movie and how he, how they they definitely fucked. She fucked a B in that yeah, movie. Yeah, she she fucked a B. <laughs> um, and he, and Patrick Warburton got B cucked. Yeah, I was uh, not expecting that. I thought his. I thought that actor would have a little bit more self-respect for the characters that he plays, but uh, he didn't. He didn't try to change the writing at all. He was like, "Nah, nah." I mean, how how do I how do I show that a bee is better than me? Oh, just be <laughs> just be more of a dick. Oh well, yeah, you got to be true to the source material. But yes. we are we did watch Ant Man Quantum Mania. Um, this was a clown show in the best way. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I I am curious to see. I know I know we left Kurt in the in the quantum realm. He's still trying to figure mm-hmm. out his thoughts on that. Um, but conveniently I... dodging ever having to review an Ant Man movie, I might <laughs> add. You know, a, a lot of people ragged on it. I I didn't I didn't mind it too much. You know, I, a lot of the so one of the things that I, I thought about going into this was um somebody had had reviewed it 
or watched it and said, you know, the, the critics that are reviewing it are, they don't like to have, they, they want to watch a standalone movie. They don't want to have to do their homework too much going into it. Um, and, and, you know, if you're not, if you're not prepared for this and prepared for like a setup movie and furthering the setup of like, I mean, Whatever you can argue on, that yeah. every MCU movie is like probably a setup for the next Avengers movie. Um, and they really don't really yeah. hold that much water as a standalone movie. Um, I guess you could kind of, kind of go out on a limb there. Um, and I think that's where they're taking off points is, is that it, it doesn't stand up too great, uh, when you start picking it apart, but I didn't think it was all that bad. Um, at least not to what they were saying, which was 48%, which was the second lowest rating behind love and thunder, I believe, or the eternals or some of like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I kind of do feel that way just cause like, uh, it would, this was, this was some wild, wet and wild, wondrous stuff. Um, we will definitely talk about it a lot. I will throw out something, a take that no one else has thrown out before. Um, mm-hmm. and I will say that this has taken a lot of source material from Tron legacy. I will explain oh. myself during the review. I like um, that take. I'm sure anyone who's seen Tron Legacy is immediately putting those pieces together right now. But watching it, I was like, oh, no. it's They're just on the grid. <laughs> <laughs> One day I got in. There were, there were way too many accurate Spy Kids 3D references. Um, and I, I don't think I appreciated that as much. I don't know if that adds to the movie or takes away from it, but here comes the oh, oh, the oh. Dinkster never came in. That's the only yeah. thing that was missing. Nobody uh, yeah. nobody rang the Dinkster. Unless um, one of the ants was nicknamed Dinkster, uh, but no, yeah, it could be, and they could have rode in on an umbrella. <laughs> um, but we're gonna ride in on some of these trailers in yeah. this segment of the show called Tray Watch. That's T R A Y W A T C H. Definitely the wrong kind of tray, because we're serving them up. Yeah, we're serving you a hot, steamy tray of Hollywood pre-cum, and uh, boy, oh boy. Ketchup water? Yeah. Oh, we- man. <laughs> Ketchup water. Yeah, this is this is all the stuff you're going to get. You don't want it. What if you made... So, like, you know how, how a, hot do- a hot dog is made up of a hot dog? And mustard and ketchup. Sorry mm-hmm. about all you hot dog ketchup haters. I, I feel it's acceptable. Um, Those are the Chicagans, right? Yeah. Chicagoans are not invited to this conversation. Yeah. Um, and all of those have an associated water, like ketchup water, mustard water, hot dog water. So you can make a liquid hot dog. You put all those together and you drink it. And it's a shot. And it... it Deal psychic damage. The second you said it was a shot, and now I'm trying to figure out which alcohol would pair best with it. Uh, it's gotta be. It's gotta be Bud Light. I'm obs- That works. You, you pour boil- them all into a Bud Light. Shoot her back. Ooh. Oh, you cook. Better yet, you cook the dogs in like boiling Bud Light. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, it's like beer. It's like oh, beer steamed yeah. hot dogs, except you yeah. drink the beer after. Yeah. So you use that beer. There's no alcohol because you've already cooked off all that alcohol. So it's it's not going to get you anywhere except for 
It's the, the bottom of another rice bottle. water. You'll be so sad. Oh gosh. All right. Well, now that now that we're in the right that, the right place mentally. That being um, said, let's talk about I don't know my father. My father. <laughs> Not since this is is this the prequel to the war with Grandpa? Um, maybe it, it's, it's got De Niro. And, is this and, a prequel to the Mario movie? Because they're just so fucking Italian. So this fucking entire Italian. movie. I mean, God, is, De Niro is like really Italian in this movie. <laughs> they made him fucking maximum De Niro, um, and they gave the Leslie Bibb, I who I have no idea who he is, what he's been in, well, but this is. Um, it's it's rich people propaganda. Don't well, worry, don't guys. Know. Rich people are people too. I don't really know who the fuck Sebastian Maniscalco is, other than maybe that one comedian I saw on Comedy Central's Comedy Hour like fifteen years ago. Yeah, but like, like the New York Times is saying he's the hottest comic in America right now. I don't believe it. Maybe he's, if does he. Does he go on like NBC and like one of? Do they have like a comedy hour that they do on there? And it, you know, does he have a fever? Is he just temperature wise hotter than everybody else? Because we, I don't think so. We put this V eight engine inside his asshole and we fucking revved it up, and now he's the hottest comedian. I mean, if you go to like <laughs> twenty, if you go to like twenty four seconds in the trailer, um, he is just he is just a wiggle worm on that on that screen dude cannot stand still for the life of him and it's giving a little italiophobic a little bit yeah like i know he's italian and i know the whole joke is like us italians we talk with our hands but like he's talking with his crotch he's talking with everything um and like you know he's talking with his body his his hips he got a little thigh in there too, and I'm like, oh, oh, a little too much. Oh, hey. oh. oh, you know, go play Iron- some bocce ball. Iron- ironically, bro. yeah, it makes me think of fucking, um, uh, amazingly, like a better tribute to Italian people is, um, we need to see Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou. I don't know if you've seen that yet. I saw it, um, earlier this year. Um, it's a, it's a, one of the older Wes Anderson movies, but, um, it's Bill Murray. I think a lot of that was played, um, uh, again, another Comedy Central reference. I think that was played a lot on like Comedy Central or Adult Swim or something like that. I believe A it. long time ago. And mm-hmm. I would just catch bits and pieces of it. Yeah, because I remember it's a classic. Those, yeah, those Willem Dafoe. Um, but anyways, in that, like he's like stressed out or something. I forget what scene it is. And he asked like his assistant, he's like, all right, uh, can you get me a Campari on ice? It's like yeah, the usual. Okay, okay. And he and he, he comes in with a fu- in the next scene. He's drinking a pint glass of Campari, just straight. <laughs> and I'm like, that is that is perhaps the most Italian thing. That's the real. That's the real Italy right there. But yeah, no. This is this is uh, instead of you people, it's a you guys. Well, it's a little bit like um, isn't it? Isn't this like Meet the Parents? Yeah, which um, De Niro, where, wasn't De Niro also in that? Yeah, where where uh, he's his son is getting married or something like that. Um, 
and he's, he's got marrying meet her rich parents. people. How will it ever work? Yeah, unless rich mar- people are people too, which I don't believe. Yeah, well, yeah, they're not. I mean, eat them. They're basically <laughs> turkey legs at this point. They're they're peacocks, which which they spoiled that. That would have been maybe a joke, but they said nope. We're putting that in the trailer, and then. And then we're gonna we're gonna do the scene where uh, his the their our funny protagonist pants fall down, and then he shows his his peewee. Herman. Everybody loves a good dick joke, while at um, the same time flexing that they have one of those like flying hoverboard dealios, which I guess are becoming. Are, is this a thing that's popular now? I know I've seen I've seen them around for a decade at this point, but I guess they're like they're becoming ubiquitous. Maybe I don't know. That's more interesting than anything that's going on in here. It's um, it's it's just, it's there. It's ne- go watch it this Memorial Day by Lionsgate. <laughs> so there's they. I think they spoil the joke in the trailer. Oh, poultry. He cooked the peacock. Okay. I get yeah. It. Okay. I thought there was something with the spaghetti. No, because it's focused on the spaghetti a little bit too much. Yeah, uh, no, the setup, uh, even in the trailer, doesn't look great. Maybe it works better yeah. in the film, but um, and then Maybe. oh, and then the burying the body. I like that. Just doesn't make sense. Who, who goes out of their way to like? It's a live peacock to deep breast and like. Pluck, pluck it. all like pluck all the feathers from the peacock and like you're just gonna use the breast or using the legs and it's a fucking... come on man i don't know that's yeah. a little that's a lot that's a lot for me to consume in one in one trailer just make just make them a little ugly oleo yeah just do a pull a uh, john favreau come on yeah make them a little make a little poposo Mm, I mm. I actually haven't had Paposo, but I kind of want... It looks so appetizing. It looks so or, good. I'll have what this little kid's having and have myself a little bit of a red cardinal, if you know what I mean. Ooh, a little a little Poposo? Uh, a little, yeah, Popoposo. Bobo-bo-bo-bo-bo says, The Pope's Exorcist is a movie that exists and will come out. And you'll never... in a in a In a Christian film... I was I guessing. Never. I was. I was gonna say you're, you'll never fucking guess who's the star. Um, and I'm the Pope. Yeah, I don't know who decided Russell Crowe <laughs> should be the the one they pick. What's his accent? Is he German? I don't know. <laughs> he's. I think he's also supposed to be Italian, but they he's literally named Italian. him Father Demort. <laughs> it's like, all right, take it I off gotta, the nose. L- put a little less on the nose. I gotta, I gotta find out if, uh, if he's actually the, uh, um, if he's actually like German or something like that, because his his fucking like, his accent's awful. It's it's really bad. Russell Crowe is. I mean, I don't blame him. I would uh, phone this yeah, shit Father in. Father Gabriel Amorth. Um, give me a give me a Amorth. Fucking... Um, yeah. yeah, no, he's like I would phone this in too because this is, I guess. I don't know if this is part of the Exorcist franchise or the Exorcism franchise. I feel like it's trying to be that, or it's like paying homage. 
He um, is, in fact, Italian. Italian Catholic priest. Um, an exorcist of the Diocese of Rome. Okay. Yeah. This is the guy who claimed to do, like, all the different exorcisms. Right. This is... Um, I think this might actually take the cake for the, the new... The least based on a true story. Yeah, this is a lot. I mean, this is... Uh, <laughs> I mean, they're, they're saying, like, hey, what if the devil wanted to uh, possess the Pope's exorcist? Exorcist? Yeah, it's like I'm like <laughs> we're gonna have a sleeper agent, a demon sleeper agent in the yeah. in the uh, what are Vatican. You? Yeah, what are you, the Phyrexians? Come on. <laughs> yeah, why don't I? We're like this close to just adapting Helsing uh, Ultimate. We'd like yeah. just get just get Father Anderson in here with his fucking knives, uh, and just have a fucking fight scene with uh, Dracula. We're just that yeah. close. Um, this is. It's a little it... far fetched, but it it gives me a lot of like the original Exorcist vibes too. Um, until until the end, it seems like they're jumping the shark a bit. Yeah, I almost well, I kind of think that's a, a nifty little twist. I'd, I'd rather they did that than just keep to the same thing. I like I kind of like conceptually the idea that like there's also a conspiracy behind the demon, and they're like mm. it's they've been fighting it for a while. That's that's like, kind of cool. Um, yeah, are they gonna execute well? I probably not. Did they show all of the scary things in the trailer? Probably. They showed a lot. I want I want to see the the possessed child vomit and not just spit up a little little bird boy, a little red cardinal. Yeah. We'll be interested to see if they go any further with that or if that's like a a one-time thing. Um also the church has been oddly quiet since this trailer came out, so cuz this is also like getting into kind of um heretical kind of territory mm-hmm. of yeah this is you know they they have a big co- the vatican has a big cover-up thing of and there's underground crypts of hidden catacombs demonic shit and whatever yeah. the um this is your friendly reminder that like exorcisms was a weird niche thing that like i don't know they did it like twice in 200 years before like the 70s when the movie came out and then they're like oh every got it you know exorcisms exploding everywhere my child's possessed we need a we need an exorcist um, i think the i think the best um example of a, like a real life exorcist is that jontron video where he he watches the the video of like a real life exorcist um and it, it kind of is like a a story about like him trying to help somebody and tracking down uh, this person who needs help and like getting an exorcist and uh, and they think they're cured and then they're like oh my god father like come back it, it came back or whatever I'm, I'm still possessed and then the entirety of the end of his movie that he put together or documentary mm-hmm. was all a reenactment or a dramatization of it and it like takes place in this fucking church and he's like and then the demon slammed me against the wall and like the documentary goes from like zero to 60 so fucking quick that's amazing and i'm like what you're you're just you're obviously making this shit up because the rest of the documentary was nothing like this then we just conveniently cut away to all the cool stuff um yeah yeah, no it says um I guess one of these citations here um, said uh, there was a 50% increase in the number of exorcisms performed between the early 1960s and mid-1970s. 
So it it got trendy, boys, um, and we're we're riding that. So this is trendsetters. I don't know what kind of energy uh, Russell Crowe is going to bring to this. Um, I'm <laughs> sure it'll back. be schlocky as hell, and yeah. uh, people will tune in. When is this thing coming out? April? Yeah, good. Classic April oh. horror movie. I hope it's right on my birthday. Can't wait to go see it. Oh boy! I'll use my Cinemark credits for it. Um, don't don't pay and talk about for this. talk about trends. Well, we know where the Boston Bomber got it from with the movie The Boston Strangler, or just Boston Strangler for short. Yes, um, no the. Um, this I mean it looks like a pretty good um, drama. I don't yeah, know if anyone's like, done a movie on it before, but I mean I've heard of I've heard of I've heard of strangling. Yeah, this is straight out of Hulu, and um, you know they have a, they have a big hurdle in in the strangling uh, territory to overcome. You know that of the Scranton Strangler, yeah. which everybody will be memeing on this about. Um, uh, it is inspired by an untold true story. That's a new one. An untold true story, so nobody knows about it except for the the writers of this movie. Definitely. Um, and Ridley Scott produced it, I guess. Um, so we got some we got some names attached to it. Um, Kira Knightley is starring in it. Uh, and I I can't put a name on him, but I, I it seemed like the editor or something like that of the newspaper uh, looked like a very famous Chris older Cooper, actor. I think. That Maybe it is Chris Cooper. Um, yeah, this this seems like the kind of thing that you know folks will jump on for some uh, dramatic uh, dramatic uh, cachet in their um, yeah in their history. Yeah, no, the editor, I he's definitely a familiar face. Let me just see if Chris Cooper's the right one. Um, do 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 do. It's um, yeah, so it's kind of like it kind of reminds me of like the Pelican Brief almost, in that it's like. Um, the, you know, fem- a young female journalist trying to uncover the truth in like um, the the male dominated media environment. Yeah, so Chris Cooper is the he's the editor there. Gotcha. Yeah, this also takes place um, back. I don't don't know the time era, but it looks like maybe the seventies or eighties. The early nineteen sixties. Okay, sixties. So yeah, we definitely have that. We're we're definitely gonna have that like um a clash between male dominance and and the the pesky female reporter trying to uncover truth mm-hmm. you see stick to the kitchen you see <laughs> you write for the lifestyle section yeah I'm sean, we, I'm sean connery all of a sudden we go to you about fashion and dresses and whatnot huh what do you know about strangling <laughs> i know all there is about strangling <laughs> wait no i don't just kidding don't look at me. Don't, the don't look at my calloused, strangly hands. <laughs> don't look at me. Don't look at my ripped hands. <laughs> they just they just go up to a random person. It's like, watch this. And they put the hand on the neck. It fits perfectly. Oh my god! <laughs> Squeeze this watermelon for me, sir. Oh, I can't. I can't do it. Oh, you're definitely not. They got it. the um. What was it? Mr. Otto? What was the? You remember the little um. It's the little thing that shaped, the little dude that shaped like a, a bowling pin where you squeeze him and his eyes pop out and shit. Oh, yeah. Like one of those little desk tchotchkes that will stress, stress ball guy. Um, fuck. 
what is that? I'm, I'm trying to look it I, up. Old school squeeze toy guy. What is this? Panic Pete? <laughs> the Panic, Panic Pete squeeze toy? It uh, it's it is freaky in that in like the 1950s way. Like this is unsettling and maybe a little disgusting. Like it's got it's got veins. It <laughs> it's veiny. <laughs> it's got it's oh, got a head God. and it's got veins. <laughs> and you squeeze it and it pops and I don't know what to think about that. I'm going to squeeze I'm going to squeeze my panic Pete. <laughs> <laughs> till the till the eyes come out. Dear God, it's not the panic, Pete. Well, there goes Peter again. <laughs> Get, Peter, come out of the bathroom. Stop squeezing your panic, Pete. <laughs> Stop panicking your Pete. <laughs> what is this stress toy? Uh, oh no, I'm now I'm on stress toy for adults, and this is perhaps. Oh my gosh, this is this is maybe one of the best uh, panic toys I've ever seen. I'm sending it to you on the chat. It's this like. It's it kind of looks like the Moai face, but oh yeah, um, oh weird, the, the oh. little display pictures of them squeezing oh, it. Oh, I don't like that. It's so what weird. hand? What do you look? What? Just look up funny human face emotion ball scented fidget toy stress relief squeeze ball stress toys for kids and adult sensory <sighs> toys for autism anxiety relief heal your mood. Quote uh, parentheses black comma sulkiness. <laughs> Do you, wait you, the link you sent me? Do you did you read what that like the picture said? The last time someone spoke ill of me, and then he <laughs> became like this, and it's pointing oh. towards the fucking squeezed head. Holy shit! What the fuck? That is, I'm saving this. This is amazing. This is this is like true comedy gold. Human face venting ball. Four expressions, two colors to choose from. It can be black or it can be white. Oh, great. Um, that's cool. I love that for us. I'm. Um, this might become... The, the picture of one of these faces might become my new Discord profile, even though we that, don't use Discord that much anymore. That makes sense. I would... That's okay. Kneading, pulling, <laughs> beating, and squeezing can be done. You don't have to worry about it at all. It's Do you have any desk uh, tchotchkes at, at work? Not enough, honestly. I just have papers have, all over my desk. I have too much, I think, now. <laughs> I, I fucking love this one. Release the, the, the middle one. Release pressure. Stress from? Feeling impetuous? Have a bee in one's bonnet? <laughs> This, I, um, this might be the best thing I've I've seen all week. I have a few bobbleheads, um, a mini light bright, and then two Gundams. So I think I have a, a whole toy space <laughs> on my desk. Are are any of them perchance um, uh, funky and or popping? No. Okay. So I'll need to add to it. Is what you're saying? Yes, yeah, so you need to make With a wall of, of Funko Pops to cover your. Oh, a Funko Pop. Um. Yeah, no, I don't think I have any Funko Pop. Well, actually, that's a fucking flat-out lie. I think technically um, the Han Solo is a bobblehead Funko Pop. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you want to feel like a star, and they can't stop your shine. I'm I don't know who got City. that for me. Yeah, My head's but in the I, sky. I, it's a bobblehead, you know. Oh, well. Um, 
<laughs> Speaking of bobbleheads, you're going to see heads bobble when you go to watch Sisu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where the fuck that came from, but That's, he's the bobbler. <laughs> in Finland of 1944, we open our motion picture event on an old man striking it rich. Um, he got the gold. He got gold. He found his gold. He's happy. He's got his dog. He's got his horse. Boom. Who Not. rolls in? Other than the Nazis. The Nazis. They say, hey, old man, we're, we're going to push you around and bully you because fuck you, dude. We're Nazis. And and he saw John Wick, so he says, go. He sends the dog away. So it's safe. He's like, he's like, John Wick's cool and all, but has John Wick ever killed any Nazis? I don't think so. Nope. Maybe? I don't know. I Maybe know. neo Nazis. It's all but. it's all Japanese yakuza boys and yeah and like weird European Illuminati people, but not but never a Nazi and not, not with a not with a pickaxe, not authentic Nazis, and and John Wick hasn't thrown a landmine at one, so yeah. we're we're gonna do that in this movie. Uh, uh, he he throws landmines at Nazis. Nazis step on landmines. Mm. Uh, he pulls out a Captain America shield at one point. And yep. blocks a bunch of bullets. It gets really, really cool. It's uh, it's uh, Johann Vick, um, where it's it's all the killingness of of John Wick, with a maybe a little less good special effects, but that's just because they're over the top in that like um, mid budget movie sort of way. Like when the yeah, landmine yeah. explodes a dude, <laughs> when he throws it onto a guy and the bloods the blood splatter goes everywhere. It's like you know maybe that's not so realistic. <laughs> yeah, it's it's kind of it's kind of cheesy, um, but the, he he runs over a dude with a tank and it, it it like zooms in on his face as he's going like odd. It it makes me think of like Austin Powers. It, it's pretty yeah. cool. I mean, I watched Iron Sky, so like as long as Nazis are dying, I'm I'm here for it. I'll I'll watch this shit. Um, is this coming? This is a Netflix thingamajig. Uh, or is it coming to theaters? This is a Red Band trailer. Um, Sisu. It is. I'm not seeing the Netflix logo anywhere. Coming soon so to, it... I guess, to theaters. Yeah. What the hell? And it's got like three different pull quotes from, I think, the same review by Film School Rejects. Because <laughs> they, I don't think they've screened this at too many places yet. Yeah, this kind of feels like it might be a like a... I'm surprised this isn't an indie movie. It it but. might yeah it might be one of, like an indie screenplay picked up by Lionsgate because Stage Six I they're not a studio I've heard yeah. of I think I'm sure they're an actual Finnish studio. Oh okay gotcha. So I wonder why I wonder if they uh, presented this towards any uh, film festivals. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe that'll be maybe. in the next trailer or some of that. Look if we're gonna get Finnish movies we can start with this but we need to get the Simohea movie. The uh the White Death, yeah, because that shit is already fucking legendary. Like we need that movie. We need the Bass Reeves movie. We need the um oh who was the guy during the Civil War who like he hijacked a Confederate ship and like stole it and sailed it back to freedom in the Union. He was like a slave. Oh, sh- 
Yeah, that, you know that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then yeah, he was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. and then he spent like the rest of his career like fucking running spy ships, and then he became a fucking yeah. senator. Like that shit was su- that's super cool. And like, if you're making, everyone's making based on true story movies nowadays, right? That's the hot thing. It's like just it's easy to adapt from like real life mythos, and those stories are all fantastic. Like Bass Reeves was the dude. He was the the black lawman in the West who was the inspiration for the Lone Ranger. And he had like six hundred arrests and like claimed bounties all over the West. And he was Robert like, Smalls. Robert Smalls. Okay, yep. Yeah. Uh so yeah, former slave, sailor, and congressman. Um, he like joined the um he joined the Confederate. <laughs> yeah, I think he I think he joined the Confederate. Oh, with his wife too. I yeah, think they he were had like his, conscripted onto a wife. ship, and then all yeah, the he, all the sailors got drunk at one port, and he just said, "All right, you left us on left the ship because you're you're haughty and elitist and racist." So and we're he just was gonna, like, "We're just gonna go." And and as he sailed up, he he thought he was like he was pretty sure he had the right. If I remember this correctly, he was pretty sure he had the right like um like lighting codes. Um, for the union to like say hey i'm a friendly i'm a friendly mm-hmm. and um he was like just waiting to not get blown to smithereens yeah. by the union um and they like luckily he had it right and he was able to like go to the union and like find safe passage for his like wife and people mm-hmm. and then when he was there they were like hey you're pretty good at this you want a job <laughs> you want to be like <laughs> then a he led like spy. an armada <laughs> yeah then he was a spy i guess or something so yeah he was pretty dope yeah, happy Black History Month, ladies and gentlemen. Um, why are we For talking real. about this about Sisu? I, I, we got there somehow. Um, just um, like it's like some sort of machine, like the it's, machine. It's a machine. We got it. Yeah, I don't. It's, it's a machine that is of us. I don't know how to feel about this trailer. Like, on the one hand, this is a fucking stretch of of like a source material because this is based on not even like. A whole thing. It's based on one comedy bit that a dude did this that is, went viral. This is the this is the strangest fucking thing I've, I've ever seen. I've known about this movie for a while because I, I listen to Burt Kreischer on occasion, and I I listen to him all the time when he was talking about his movie getting like greenlit or like finding producers in it, and he would always talk about the machine. Um, but I never really heard the original story, and when I finally did, it was so, um, it was it, like it was all talked up beforehand, right? Because he would talk up his machine story, and then he finally told it, and it was just it, the last thing that I remember from his his comedy set yeah. was the machine. It was because it was a great bit when you just hear it out of the blue. It's it's quite funny, um, and, you know it's it's good, but. Um, yeah, it's a really thin one to adapt. But on the other hand, the fact that this is like an entirely kind of like fictional narrative or like a, you know, its own thing. It's not based on a true story or anything like that. And it's just using that as like a, as a jumping off point. It's weird enough where like, I feel like it could kind of work because it's just kind of its own thing. It almost, it almost reminds me of like, um, all those SNL movies in the eighties, right? Where they had, you had your bit, your character that they would do on SNL, and oh, then they would yeah. like spin it off into a movie. Um, yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. Oh, yeah. That's like the um, 
I was gonna say Larry the Cable Guy, but that was like kind of comedian persona turned movie. But uh, you have um, with the Chris Farley uh, thing, I think was also uh, kind of like that as well. Mm-hmm. Chris Farley, I think had had a, had a movie uh, turned from like a SNL sketch or something. Yeah, like that. let me see if I, I'm sure we can find a list of them. Like I think of like I think of like the really bad ones, like it's Pat. But there's like Night at the Roxbury. Oh yeah. Oh, that's a classic one. Yeah. Yep. Um, late ladies, Wayne's World, right? The Coneheads oh, movie. Yeah. MacGruber. The Blues Brothers, apparently. Wow. Okay, I didn't know that one. Yeah, they. That is. That's probably the best one. Um, because yeah, they used to. It started out as them just doing the musical bits. Um. Oh, I didn't know Superstar was one too. What was that from? Like, what was, what was that bit? Um. Well, I know. I mean, Superstars about um like a Catholic school, an awkward Catholic school girl who's like, uh, wants to be in the theater, wants to be like a, a famous singer, performer, some of like that, and Will Ferrell's like the jock. He's like the cool jock guy. I see. Um. Yeah. A ladies man oh god it's it, it this also has all the rotten tomatoes score yeah. um from worse last so in dead last is it's it's pat it's pat was uh, considered by most people tomatoes. to be pretty awful like yeah terribly awful uh wow and night of the Roxbury is only 11 percent i i kind of like that movie i feel bad now <laughs> <laughs> fuck i don't know it's just like like i remember the scene yeah um the ladies man 11 percent uh stewart saves his family 30 percent uh superstar 32 percent yeah i was gonna say blues brothers 2000 like blues brothers at 46 percent it's like oh it's blues brothers 2000 yeah Um, blues now i don't know about this Oh, the OG Blues Brothers at seventy two percent. Excuse me. Yeah, right. What do you? Um, they're saying too over the top for its own good. They they fucking list Bob Roberts higher, a movie I've never heard of. Absolutely insane. So back to uh, the machine. Yes, back. Um, I think. I think, well, I think one of the, the the main things that's kind of like is getting everybody's attention is the fact that Mark Hamill mm-hmm. plays a big part in this. Maybe a big part in this he's as the, Bert's father. Yeah, he's the dad who goes along on the adventure um, where they get so Which, they get called back to Russia. Looking up Bert's actual father, it's close. Um, they said Mark Hamill, you're pretty good at like doing some doing the straight man in comedies probably and you're not doing anything now that fucking star wars is in the gutter um you want to be in this netflix movie he's like yes i like making money yeah so so i guess the story um it's partially it's partially on the machine story that he tells during his comedy bits but then i think the a bigger part of it is also the fact that he did something um on that, on the machine escapades, uh, that comes back present day to haunt him, kind of, because they have somebody playing young Bert, and then they have 
Burt Kreischer playing actual Burt. Um, I've never seen him act. He's uh, so this could go really bad, or it could be okay. From what I see in the trailer, like he's doing an an okay job. Like it's not noticeably bad. If it's bad at all, I have no. I have noticed that. Um, the, just a weird thing about this is that this is a very colorful movie. Like the actual the cam, you know the the color grading on this is very much about the uh, the dynamics. You know, big dynamic range, lots of pops, um, lots of bold like blues and reds and such. Um, I yeah. I don't know if that that says anything to me about the quality of the movie or the quality of the plot, but um, just interesting to me that it just stuck out for some reason that like they they cranked up all the colors. Um, sometimes that's a the sign of a bad movie is that they just want to paste over um, a bland plot with with lots of visual visual um, shininess, but not always. Sometimes it's just a style thing. And um, I don't think it looks. Again, I don't think it looks bad. Um, it's just it's just very distinct. I guess is the term. Um, I I don't know. Maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I won't. I, I'll probably pass it by unless unless we're running low on stuff this week. Whatever week yeah. it comes out. Probably. Anyways, that is um, kind of the culmination of our tray watch that's the zenith we'll never we'll never do any better it's all downhill from here that that is it because we do have to move on to the weekend follow-up roundup ketchup mustard where Ah. (laughs) yeah awful awful condemn me to the pits where we, we take a look at all the different toppings that chicago likes to put on their hot dogs that's right um ketchup in the form of Movies. Tapatio. Yeah. No, not ketchup. They don't like ketchup. They like putting whole ass fucking tomatoes on their hot they'll dogs. They'll put yeah, they'll put whole ass uh pepper not pepperoncinis, but um whatever those things are and, and celery salt. I've had Oh some. banana peppers? Yeah. Or like something really? like that. I've had like they'll put like pickles on there instead of relish. Yeah, what's I'm like, let, come what's on uh, a what's on a Chicago dog? <laughs> Spelled horribly. Um, a proper Chicago dog is an all beef frankfurter in a poppy seed bun topped with yellow mustard, neon green sweet pickle relish, chopped white onion, tomato slices, a dill pickle spear, pickled oh sport God. peppers, and celery salt. Dude, that's, that's insane. Sport peppers. I'm looking at I'm looking at so many hot dogs that have entirely too many things on it. I'm like that. There's too much shit on there. That bun is a hundred percent splitting mm-hmm. as soon as you fucking take a bite. Yeah, it is splitting at the bottom. There are diagrams. There are too many diagrams of hot dogs on Google. <laughs> you know what I, I like? Uh, the hot dog I kind of enjoy the most are like the um, the, like the the diagonal sliced, you know, just like German variety where yeah, like it's just on a bun with like br- spicy brown mustard and just the sausage on it, or maybe curry, like a curry dog. That's a hot thing in Europe. Um, yeah, what what is a sport pepper? Pff, fucking god, it's it does it. It lives in the same time. It Chicago food is its own fucking thing. Like they they invented they had the jardinera. They have the fucking the wet beef sandwich. Vienna sport peppers. Fuck off, dude. 
Um, Too much. From Vienna Beef. Medium hot, naturally sized, and pickled in brine. What? Yeah. Um, why are they common across the southern U.S. if they're in Chicago-style hot dogs? What? What? They're Chicagans. Hey, live realistically. If you can't grow them there, don't put them on your dog. Don't, I don't know. Don't give us your pickled garden vegetables and your moist beef. Y'all, uh, Jake, you've seen an Italian beef, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Right, where they just they take the entire fucking sandwich and they dunk it in oh, gravy, yeah. bread and all, and they're like, "Yeah, you can eat this." Yeah. Second Fantastic. city, we're coming for you. It's like a. It's like. I don't know. It's like um. It's like a pot roast on a, on a sandwich, and then they just dunk it in liquid oh. and make it soggy. Ooh, Jake, this is they have on one of these the Baltimore dog, and you can tell <sighs> me if it's any any we're, accurate we're gonna... at all. Fried bologna wrapped around a fried hot dog with mustard and a squishy bun. Fuck no! I've never seen that shit here. What the fuck? A Baltimore dog? I thought yeah. it was. I was expecting something with crab. I I don't think that's a real thing. Because, like, I don't see it anywhere. Like, the first results I get, other than that diagram, is, like, Stuggies, uh, Sporty Dog, Heavenly Hot Dog. Um, yeah, Baltimore-style hot dog at Atman's Deli. Um, yeah, I guess it's bologna on a hot dog. What the fuck? Bologna slices and golden brown. It's slightly crispy. The sauce is wrapped in bologna. And split. Oh, God. With a... Dill pickle spear? Okay. All right. Maybe. Sure. Somewhere. Yeah. I don't know anybody who eats that, but sure. Oh, we got to stop talking about food because I haven't eaten dinner yet. And I'm getting <laughs> hungry, dude. Oh, man. All right. I'm getting I'm getting hungry, if you know oh, what I mean. Boring, wrong. Uh, all right. So, no surprise whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Avatar Way of the Water comes in at number one, <laughs> making <laughs> 600 billion dollars in the president's day weekend in honor of our president james oh, jimbo did you, um, cameron did you click the i'm i'm actually curious did you click the president's day weekend one uh, or the no, just the, the 17th to the 19th i guess they're both the same what, what is our what does our audience want what do they, what do they want do you want president's I, day or do you want i never clicked the pop- green one because you don't get any like comparisons because it's weird like that um so oh. i just picked the regular 17th to 19th and yeah um, yeah, yeah. Avatar: The Way of Water leading at being second place, um, behind this little, piece. behind just that little indie movie, Ant Man and the Quantum. Nobody saw it coming. Yeah, coming at number one, we got Ant Man's debut appearance. Little man, uh, never, box never seen this little little boy in the theater at one hundred and six million dollars. Uh, not a great turnout for an opening weekend. No, really not. Uh, not good at all. And when you would compare it to like the likes of. Um, uh, like Spider-Man uh, or even Black Panther, I think, made quite a bit more than that. Yeah. Uh, especially when this is like the kickoff of Phase 5 and kind of what like a lot of people are were looking for for like setup of Kang. Yeah. Um, and, and it really, really did not show. So, oof tease. Uh, we're going to see how fast. World... Kurt and I bet um, that it would last. I said it would last um, four weeks. He bet like six or eight. Oh, in the, the top, top 10, 10, yeah. Oh. Uh, I think it's got legs in there. I mean, we're, we're also getting around to, like, Easter time um, where there might be a resurgence around 
around spring. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I've been wrong before. Uh, make a worldwide total at $261 million And a big whoopsie doozy. Because this movie had a fuck ton of CGI, but that budget was also sky high. Just like our number two entry, Avatar The Way of the Water, making six and a half milli, down 9.2% from last week. Tenth week. Um, yeah, in the tenth week, $2.248 billion total worldwide. Yeah, um, it's it's leaving some theaters. I think it passed too. Titanic, or it's like it passed. I heard it passed some other milestone is in the top rankings. Um, well, if it did, then oh well. And James Cameron is just gonna have to come out with ti- Titanic two, yeah. baby. I think they Titanic two. Go see it again. I think they did confirm for Avatar three um, that it would be the it's gonna be the fire one. Um, they have to recruit the the ash people from like the volcano land um not not fucking surprising um let me uh, see i wonder what resource they'll be going after there uh, maybe oil plot. i don't know maybe they'll just straight up Let's see say oil um avatar 3 will it'll explore more of the alpha oh they're gonna go a little in space um oh or not uh but bu- bu- i'm trying to they're they're not they don't have anything in specific um. What? Yeah, they got no fucking. All right, maybe they don't have any clue. Like, I'm, this wiki at least doesn't have any clue. So I guess they haven't they haven't locked anything in as of yet, even though they've probably shot all the movie. Uh, yeah. Avatar so three is rumored to be called the Seed Bearer. Oh God. <laughs> oh. oh no. I don't like that name. I I don't like that name at all. Ugh. Um, anyways, uh, slipping down the greased pole, uh, to third place, we have Magic Mike's Last Dance breaking in, shoveling in singles dollar amounts of $5.4 <laughs> million, down 34%. And it is... Uh, up, up 1,500 theaters, though, so, oh. Magic Mike uh, is busting out everywhere. Raking in a total, uh, nutting a total of $39.4 million worldwide. Um, Channing Tatum, eat your heart out. And that is what we are going to look at because our users are wet, wild, and fucking fully torn in, in after the watching steamy this. hot spotlight this week. Yes. Uh, so I'm going to kick it off with a user review. 10 out of 10. I got two choices for you. And I'm going to throw a dart of the screen uh, and pick the shortest one. Uh, 10 out of 10. Warning spoilers. Watch out. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> by Merle Kakja. What? <laughs> Selma Hayek and Channing Tatum have such amazing chemistry that I feel like we were robbed of more moments of them together. When he danced for her, I literally had to hold myself back from screaming and then several times during the movie i was itching for them to kiss <laughs> after the movie ended all i wanted was to watch it again but they deserve more scenes or more kisses <laughs> more something <laughs> they were so so good together the final dance was so rock and although i understand selma couldn't do it nor would it work with the plot i still think the couple deserved a scene just as potent together 
will definitely watch again and again. <laughs> I haven't been trapped by a couple like this in so long. <laughs> Two out of three fun. <laughs> Sorry, a little bit of a little bit of acid reflux. Lost a handle on that there. <laughs> wow. Um and uh shit. Um we're gonna we're gonna go to the one out of ten. Taking it all the way downtown. We're gonna we're gonna cool that off. We're gonna take a cold, cold shower. Uh with oh, that's way too long to be a one out of ten. Fuck off. <laughs> no magic left in last <gasps> dance. One out of ten. Augeteer says one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I love Magic Mike one and two. The storyline was horrible. Selma Hayek's acting and clothing were just plain frumpy. <laughs> there was no, and I mean no, chemistry between Channing and Selma. God, what a, what a, uh, both sides of the coin. Yeah. <laughs> One bitch what cooming a... over the chemistry, this guy being like, not oh, no enough. chemistry. I want meth. <laughs> I want Breaking Bad chemistry. <laughs> Miss, she was the such a dis- a review. She was such a disturbed character. I didn't go to see some stupid story about her, and it takes place in England. You see four of the former characters from the first two movies for less than five minutes on a video call, and then you never see those guys again. This slowly turning into Bernie, just being like, you only get 1% of Magic Mike 2. That's 1% of 2, which means the 99% of us lose. We, I will guarantee a lap dance for every person in America. We will fill every lap. I've been to the club. I've been to the club. I've sat with the workers and the dancers. They have danced on my lap. And I have rated them. They're all good. <laughs> and Trump's like, yes, I've been to the club, and I see a diamond future. Or maybe her name was Crystal. I don't know. There were a lot of them. <laughs> One of them might have been my daughter's. <laughs> Who knows? The new guys... <laughs> the new guys you never get to know. Most of it's Selma's character ranting and raving. There's really no comedy in it. The single dance in the movie by one of the guys was epic. And his dancing were amazing. The men were good-looking and talented dancers, but put on more of a of a Broadway show than the stripping that we go to see the Magic Mike movies. Channing's dance at the end of the movie with the beautiful ballerina was by far the best thing in the entire movie. It was her that we were watching closer than Channing because she was so elegant. I would have preferred to just watch those two dances, though the entire movie, or through the entire movie, and no one say a word. 32 out of 35 found that helpful. Wow, okay. Oh, good. Right on. Uh, right on, right on, right on. These are, these are all so good so far. Uh, Malcolm, from Malcolm J. T., Malcolm J. Taylor. 5 out of 10. Feminist polemics are a major buzzkill. I can't believe a neuter dude wrote this, another neuter dude directed it and filmed it, and four neuter dudes produced it. No wonder it's about as sexy as Barn Door. The dancing is mostly a showy jazz reel that never settles down, and the best number is the finale, but 
Who cares when it's not integrated to the story? The best dance number may just be the fun little short film that is the, the second floor double decker bus number. Hayek and Tatum have very little chemistry. I, I don't know why Thandie Newton left, but she is sorely missed. What's left is just bobbles on a Christmas tree. Might be a decent aphrodisiac for some, but for most, it'll be evidence enough to pack this toothless franchise up. 13 out of 40. Hmm. Um, you got the political one. Right? Yeah, they're, they're sitting in the middle today. Um, but we're going to go right to, uh, you know, the, the 10s and the 9s and such are thin on the ground. I went into the, the forbidden zone, the 8 out of 10s, hmm. for this uh, Gosha Morels, <laughs> for this review by Gosha Morel, 8 out of 10. The magic is back. Magic Mike Lane can't stop bumping and grinding. He's the male stripper version of a bank robber or cowboy who swears he's retired and gets lured back into action for one last job. Magic Mike's Last Dance, the third film starring Channing Tatum as a big-hearted, iron food, fire food, Florida stripper. I'm, I'm so thud, dog. I'm thuded up. No. I'm a thud dude knows that we know that Mike doesn't feel truly fulfilled unless he's dancing. To its credit, Steven Soderbergh's new movie gets the I'm done, don't ask me to dance ritual out of the way in less than 10 minutes. A brief prologue establishes that Mike lost his furniture business during the pandemic and works as a bartender at a catered events in Miami. That's where he meets Max, Selma Hayek Pinault. He put the third name in there. The estranged. The estranged, wait, what? Yeah, the estranged and wants to be divorced wife of a London one percenter. Max offers hmm. Mike an absorbent sum for one last dance. After a brief, a brief pantomime of refusal, he agrees. And it's such a mind-blowing experience for Max, the sex afterward is great too, that she invites him to come with her to London and create and choreograph a stage production that will bring the Magic Mike experience to the West End. You know, the kind of thing that happens all the time. The rest of the movie's backstage drama about Mike and Max learning how to be a couple as they collaborate on the show and try to stop it from getting shut down by Max's husband for violating historic, district, architectural codes, etc. It's all just oh a, a series of perfunctory roadblocks placed between Max and Mike's inevitable and well-deserved happy endings as lovers and artistic collaborators. Most of all, Magic Mike's last dance is about fit, graceful bodies moving through space. Whether the performers are dance-miming sex that would get the film an NC-17 rating if the actors weren't clothed or performing a sort of Bob Foss meets singing in the rain routine on stage, or just walking and talking around London while coping with anxieties that will smother happiness if not held in check. While the movie did have some on-point choreography featuring neat and decent dance moves from the dancers in their dance sequences, those weren't enough to save the film. Magic Mike's Last Dance falls short on so many levels, and it garners 2 out of 5 stars. This is an 8 out of 10 review. Uh, the direction by Steven Soderbergh is unremarkable, <laughs> overly pedantic, and it lacks the authenticity of the first two sequels, and it comes across more cynical. <laughs> Hayek, Penalt, and Tatum lack adequate chemistry to make this film work. Yet, on a lighter note, the cinematography and our design are both striking and noteworthy. <laughs> and zero out of zero found that shit helpful. Two, two, out of, two out of five is only... <laughs> It's only four out of ten. Where did the, the where did they find go? the extra? 
extra four? Maybe you did it subtractively. <laughs> did he? Did he multiply it by two afterwards randomly? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's wild. Hmm. This is why we go to the. He's truly iron food. These are, these are where we find the the smartest of the smarts. Um, I'm gonna uncensor this one out of ten. Um, okay. The, at least the title, because I think the whatever. But uh, when 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 the lacroon says, you can either take this title one of two ways. I'll give it to you both. Where was the fucking magic mic? Mm. Or mm. where was the fucking magic mic? That's wordplay. Yeah. That's that's worth yeah. points. Uh yeah, great. A mentally unstable female lead character instead of a lot of ladies just having stupid fun, having a fantastic time with their girlfriends, knowing about boundaries and our Normal, strong, and powerful. Oh, <laughs> this is an extra element. <laughs> Wait, I'm, I'm gonna feel dumb. Powerful should only have one element, right? Yeah. You got it. You got Fuck it, buddy. Yeah. Powerful. <laughs> did 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 hear? Mm, did hear the <laughs> word consent a thousand times, but Hollywood still just doesn't understand. Oh, doesn't understand. Oh, oh. Hollywood still just doesn't understand at all. Loved Magic Mike's XXL. This one just made me mad and made me fall asleep at the same time, <laughs> which is which is a weird combo. <laughs> it is a weird combo. <laughs> Sorry for the spoiler about the plot. The stage was too high wrong too uh don't worry won't tell you about the fantastic twist that comes next dot 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 the show will go on shoot now i did spill the tea hope this review makes it hopes this review makes it to the podcast how did this get made because it freaking deserves it greetings from the netherlands Okay. You're on the wrong podcast, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> to fucking watch us, baby. Come over to America. Um, finally, we got a. I wish you could message these people. Just send them DMs. Like, hey, we'd uh, we'd like to have you on for your ridiculous shit. Um, finally, from Pad Reviews, uh, six out of ten. Not a love story. Uh, third time lucky. They say my last two reviews haven't been uploaded. Lord knows why. Uh, but I'll save this one just in case they used to email you. They used to email you them before, but hey ho. Uh, this won't be my best review. Sorry, I, I don't know if it'll disappear into oblivion. For, Forty-nine million was spent on something, but it certainly wasn't spent on this film. It wasn't a bad movie. It wasn't a great movie. It's somewhere in between. If you've seen the movies of the Collins sisters from the 80s, you'll see the plot. Rich woman with money butts young man out of her league and believes there's love when there's only lust. 
There's not much here for its target audience, and considering it's a stripping comedy and set in London, it's not on par with the full Monty, and it missed the opportunity to include Morris dancing, our national fertility dance, which would have sent the female audience wild. The good parts were the story of dance and the narration by the daughter she stole the show. Don't go with high expectations, go with really low expectations, and they'll be met. Uh, Pad, a 6 out of 10. Zero out of zero. Mm-hmm. Just a, a and a whimper there. I was wondering um, if food was a uh, a word, and it, it's not. It's not. It will be now. Um, yeah. I will say that Pad has, he has done further uh, reviews after this. Um, he's been doing them, including reviews on this uh, such powerful movies as Superworm and um, The Smeds and the Smooze. Which, um, yeah, that's certainly a thing. The, the smeds and the yes, smooths. I want to see if uh, Wendell Lacron uh, looked at looked at any other ones and shouted out any other podcasts. Fuck, this was her only, their only pod, their uh, review. They really just made it just to, uh, well, just to celebrate the one. You know, but imagine. Uh, uh, Interesting, you know, going for that that one shout out to how did this get made podcast, and it uh, and it turned out to be ours. Hmm, hmm. crazy, wild, Strange. weird how things change and turn with the with the weather. Oh, back to back to the box office roundup. We're back here, <laughs> number four. Fuck Wayne. Um, uh, purring its way to fourth place up from fifth is Puss in Boots The Last Wish, making 5.3 milli, down 4%. That's respectable. Mm-hmm. Out of 200 theaters, totaling worldwide take is 425 million. That's pretty good. I heard that's a good movie, so good on Puss in Boots. I think it Let's got, go a, got nominated for an Oscar. Oh, good. I think it deserves yeah. it. Um, you know, uh, what doesn't deserve it is um, what's what's coming in, what's what's knocking down the door of number five, uh, up from six. Knock at the cabin, bringing in three point nine million total worldwide take. It's forty eight million. Um, not great for that. No. Nope. And um, a but punt it's... down the field at number. I'm gonna make puns for all of these yeah. bad boys. A punt down the field at number six. We got eighty for Brady got down from fourth in the place. Yeah. Sacked at number six, Brady, three point seven million, uh, making that a total yardage of thirty four million. Total worldwide take, it's just the U.S. It's just us. Um, uh, and then uh, dredged up from the bottom of the sea was Titanic at number seven, down from third, the twenty fifth anniversary, uh, raking in two point four million this week. Total worldwide take of fifty-two million for its release. What the fuck? It's crazy, <laughs> crazy. It's that's how good that's how good it is. I guess. And I I don't fucking understand. They they were like they were like no 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 we can't let Avatar two take over Titanic so they release it just to get a little bit more scratch. <laughs> <laughs> Give it a fighting chance, fighting chance. Just like I don't know if this makes any sense, Marlo. Um, we'll have to investigate. <laughs> opening at number eight, investigating how it got so low, 
uh 1.8 million this uh new well, what's his name fucking uh, irish man uh, taken guy um fudgy the whale no i liam the nisa why do i, I say liam nisa i want to say neil for some reason neil blomkamp uh marlo worldwide take of th- 3.6 million only making 328,000 international must be canada well, yeah. and mexico who knows um uh you know and can't seem to find it at number nine can't seem to find the the worldwide take number nine missing bringing in 1.7 million uh that was that <laughs> dropping. you just went full youtube there for a second uh can't find it at, at number nine it's it's missing <laughs> i've watched too many of the Count, uh top too 10 many, mo- like watch mojo yeah. <laughs> Welcome to Watch Mojo's total worldwide take of missing thirty million. <laughs> Just do a fucking top ten every week for the box office. <laughs> Rounding out the top ten, we have, um, you know, they just found them. I got nothing for this shit. I, how can I do it? Um, He's man a... called Otto at number ten. Wiping its uh, hankies. I don't know. It's grumpy yeah, and old, it's, um, and it's on its way out. <laughs> Yeah, on its way out with a 1.6 million take, uh, totaling in at oh, 99.6. That's actually not too bad for probably something that was pretty low budget. Shout out um, to, uh, yeah, good job. shout out to number 13 in as a Fathom event release, uh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood yes. and Honey. So there's some interesting backstory to this, and I watched the Meat Canyon video. Uh, also, beware watching the Meat Canyon video. Just in uh, general. He is sponsored by... He is sponsored by Bad Dragon, and that explained why he had a giant tentacle dildo on his desk while reviewing this movie. Uh, I watched that today at work. Um, Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Um, now, it's at three million dollars worldwide, and this took um, I think a hundred thousand dollars to make. That was the budget. Um, and I'm pretty sure this was um, it was uh, produced or at least funded by like some oil barons uh, or just some I, I, they're not oil they're like marketing dudes who were like oh yeah in the energy industry um, and they're just like hey let's fund this fucking movie and it's just a phoned in fucking script and probably bottom of the bottom of the garbage pan I mean uh, with some viral marketing I wouldn't you know? expect any more from the Winnie and Pooh horror movie. If it's not like fucking, if it's not Friday night, you know, Jollo funky garbage. Um, well, apparently it did so well that they're greenlighting the second one, and sure. uh, and yeah, so that's that's all she wrote. Um, and that's the the weekend box office uh, roundup. And let's jump into gaming news. Usually Kurt takes this over. Uh, so we're gonna you're gonna have to deal with our selections yeah. for this week. What do what do we consider newsworthy? You'll uh, just have to fucking find out. We can we can talk about how Kurt bought a Steam Deck and how he's yeah, probably playing. He's... <laughs> I'm sure he's loving it. I I <laughs> saw it. In the I saw it yesterday while we were. You saw it in person. It's real. <laughs> it's... Oh shit. <laughs> Uh, aren't you lucky it's um i mean it, yeah it's a steam deck it's it's a big fucking square with stuff on it <laughs> you can play you can play games on on your big old hand square um i don't know you may also be able to play 
um, the the Virgin uh, the rhythm game with Virgin relationship sabotaging Power Rangers. Um, so I guess this is there is a new game out called uh, DJ Max, and uh, in it is is many many things, um, including this. It's one of those where they just pick like the weird weird ass songs and. That's always a great thing when you have a rhythm game and like deep in the catalog is some like some ridiculous uh, some ridiculous items, including um, Virgin Force by NB Ranger. The story of which is um, it's it's Power Rangers, but they're virgins and hate relationships. And the Red Ranger's brother is in a relationship. So they turn the girlfriend into a kaiju and then beat it up. Uh, Super Sentai style, and that you can play that on your in your um, in your rhythm action game. Don't you love it? Um, it just just the things that are out there, the wonderful um, things out in this world. Speaking of loving the things that are out there, um, I, I think we're we're now to the point where the all the horny dudes um, who were just like on online playing like flash games of like hentai simulators and shit like that have become like game developers and and, and are and are able to like green light things mm-hmm. because uh steam's most wanted sex game is trapped in development hell um i do not mm-hmm. know about this game called operation lovecraft fallen doll uh which is one of the most popular unreleased games on steam but now fans are starting to turn against it. Oh, it is no. in Steam's most hundred most wishlisted games, and it's at number twenty-five above Homeworld Three, Darkest Dungeons Two, and Redfall. It's a three D Unreal Engine powered game described on Steam page as a Cthulhu Mythos inspired sex simulator and third person sandbox. Oh, okay. Um. Now, people are backing it on Patreon. They're getting, I think, uh, development stuff uh, messages on there. If you back it, um, it is the fourth most popular adult game on Patreon. Um, okay. So, the trailer looks fucking phenomenal. And it is. Uh, it just really looks like somebody who said, I'm going to take the maid outfit and fucking crazy jiggle physics to the extreme um, and put it onto a game. Um, it's... the worst part about it is I could see this possibly having like a good story to it, especially if it has like Cthulhu mythos and like is like operating oh, no. in yeah. space. Um, so that's what's scary about it. Um, or the best thing ever to, about it. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm caught between a rock and a hard place. Well, I'm caught Patreon between two, backers... two soft places, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> Patreon backers um, can get access to the harem mode, a multiplayer sandbox, where players can customize their characters and let loose to perform in scenes and earn likes from other players. Oh, that's like making your own porn. I love it. It's so. I can see why. Yeah. I can see why people are. Uh, besides the obvious, there's there's. I mean, Kurt may want to check. There's plenty of movie games it, on Steam. It is. But, it is called. It is is being called an, a roguelite tactical game. Hmm. This is yeah. Oh. This is give like the the graphics at least in the trailer 
are like pushing like triple A level like shiny polish kind of deal. And it it looks like like I don't know like a trailer for like Callisto Protocol or something or you know whatever throwaway fucking game um, you want to put on like like something on the PS5. But then there are just like chicks and thongs with yeah with um, fucking rubber ball tits. And they're walking around yeah, with their th- combat made outfits. It's like, yeah, I, I mean, I could read more about this, but I think we all know where this is going, and I don't think that's necessary. So, um, I really hope this feels like if the game doesn't go off, you know, you can have you get the sloppy seconds in terms of uh, artwork. You know, all the fucking assets and the tit sets. Um, yeah. you know, just publish them. If the game, if the game never takes off, just fucking give that out to the internet and, and you'll be good or sell it and you'll, you will make your money back. We are, we are truly living in like the prime of like horny game dev, um, mm-hmm. like era where, where there's like no rules on this shit. Um, where I, me- I remember when like everybody was throwing up a tizzy about Grand Theft Auto having a, a, a glitch where you could make the strippers naked or something like that and they got yeah, like the a, hot the a, hot coffee mod yeah and nc17 rating and now there's just i mean i mean even like popular games like uh atomic heart mm-hmm. was like was was uh Ugh. marketed as having a six hour and end credit or cutscene where you have sex with the robot um oh my god uh okay Fucking... Um, and there are just like s- side things in cyberpunk that you can just get go watch the titty bots and wild with it and um yeah and don't yeah watch the titty bots and don't worry about um the ukraine wanting to ban it for allegedly being funded by russians um by the by the russian yeah. digital ministry uh the ukraine's digital ministry has said it will ask steam microsoft and sony to remove atomic heart from gaming platforms in ukraine and possibly elsewhere uh, pointing to its retro communist aesthetic and reported Russian roots, because I mean it's it's set in like in Russia techno park land, um, as reported by the Ukraine's uh, as reported by Ukrainian tech news job site, the Ministry of Digital Transformation writes that Atomic Heart has Russian roots and romanticizes communist ideology and the Soviet Union citing toxicity, potential data collection of users, and use of funds to uh, conduct the war against Ukraine. Um, asking for an out, they're asking for an outright ban on the game in Ukraine, but calls on other countries to consider limiting distribution. Um, we'd also like to emphasize for the Western audience that developers of the game did not come out with a public statement condemning the Putin regime um, and the Russian invasion of Ukraine. Uh, Russian's invasion all but ended the international gaming industry's presence in russia in march every fee- every major console abandoned the country and major developers halted operations and sales following direct appeals by ukrainian authorities atomic heart is currently for sale on xbox playstation and steam marketplaces um yes there were alleged even alleged ties to gazprom which i think is a like a russian information organization and or like digital propaganda thing yeah so it's a it's a bit no it's a big company it's a big ass uh, gas company in russia um so it's it is probably tied very tight to the government there and so anything it's you know it's like the whole thing with uh tiktok and tencent or Fortnite and tencent 
or Reddit and Tencent. Um, any of any of those, uh, it's just uh, Dave right to it and kind of has those same uh, raises those same concerns. Will is it a good game? Kind of, I guess. People have said I, I, I haven't heard any strong opinions either way about it yet, but uh, I guess we'll we'll see them as they come out. Yeah, there's this. It's real sensitive about that stuff, but I, I don't even know. I don't even know where to take that because, like, is that funding? Is that actually helping, like, Russia? If you boycott the game, I don't know. Yes or no? I, I I'm actually surprised. I've I've watched some a lot of people like start to play it, and they they haven't gotten any like backlash because of that. Mm-hmm. So maybe this is something new, um, and we'll hear more of later on down the hall. Right. Well, um. What do you got? Because I got I got like one or two more. Um. Well, I was I I was trying to figure out if we've already um talked about this. Um, the so this YouTuber is crafting an alternate command and cocker mythos populated entirely by the weirdest guys on the internet. I don't know if we've, this is. I think I know we've seen the Jordan Peterson thing where he just pops up and says some stuff, but I think they're expanding that. And just including like even more crazy people like uh, the talking head Alex Jones, um, accused rapist and sex trafficker Andrew Tate, and uh, into all like different cutscenes in Command and Cocker, um, which uh, will be really cool uh, to have on your computer. I don't know. I think I I wonder if this was also partially generated through the the new AI technology that's been kind of sweeping the internet right now, where mm-hmm. nobody's really. I mean, people are talking about it a little bit um, the fact that like we're just able to make anybody say anything if we have enough like source material, and we can make your mouth move with it using pictures of you, and it's kind of nutty. That that might be part of it. Um, I think in this case though, because I've shared, I've seen this meme a lot. We've seen the Jordan Peterson, and it's just been a case of um, it started with the fact that the way he talks and the way he comes off in interviews sounds like a the over the top cheesy corny delivery of command and conquer generals during cutscenes. Yeah. Hmm. So I think I think they're going that route where they're just gonna put them put actual sound bites, um, not edited or, or mimicked by AI into gotcha. into those cutscenes. I was gonna say because once if you if you ever like try I don't know if it's a mod or if it's uh if he's actually selling this possible game um I, I imagine you could get into some sketchy territory and open up yourself for legal action oh. by like stealing the likeness of people and then selling it for something uh, but maybe if it's just a mod it, it could be okay yeah I, it's, there's no money behind it's it it's definitely some kind of gray area yeah um I, yeah i mean i don't really have i mean there was not a whole lot of news that came out um I mean, the only other thing we can talk about is, like, certain AI stuff that's coming out, which is pretty wild, um, uh, with, with like, ChatGPT. Uh, NVIDIA predicts AI models one million times more powerful than ChatGPT within 10 years. Sure. Um, that is a prediction. Sure, why not? Maybe. But, like, how do you comprehend that? How do you, like, comprehend something that's more powerful than something that's already pretty powerful right away? Um, right. Maybe just less mistakes here and there, and that's all. I mean, that's why they're coming out with it now, and, and people are getting access to it. We're training it to be, you know, 
better and we're working out um, the kinks. It's like I said, this is the Wild yeah. West. This is the version of the internet in the '90s, right? When the 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 dust had not yet settled, anything was possible, and the weird shit is being born as we speak. I I do enjoy my fair share of AI stuff, and it's had a lot of definitely mm-hmm. a lot of interpretations because mostly in the audio and visual, um, a little bit in the text. There's some good text ones, but like you know, well they'll they'll take. Um, Kurt showed us one earlier today, right? Where it was the it was the Biden and uh, Trump playing Overwatch against each other, and that's yeah. a case of having an, you know they have your soundbite audio, and they can like you said they can synthesize it into uh, any speech pattern you want. So I've seen that I've seen like Dagoth Er memes where he, like they added him into into um, scenes, um, and then I've seen you know the visual ones where they use the like almost the Google Deep Dream kind of thing. And you, and they'll make the AI images or AI videos of like Family Guy uh, scenes, and the joke mm-hmm. is that like AI is so weird, yet it's still so weird that um, it'll it makes it look like a fucking horror show. Yeah, yeah, it's nuts. I mean, I've seen a lot of them. I I know my my TikTok's full of them. I don't know if it's just one guy who's pumping them out, but um, there's a lot with like Joe Rogan. It seems like the same people keep on getting reused. Um, Joe Rogan, Jordan Peterson, Alex Jones, um, Barack Obama, Bush, Biden, Trump. Um, and I, I think as a joke, they put like a robot voice in for John F. Kennedy mm-hmm. and they were like, Oh, look, there's Kennedy coming. It's an old picture of Kennedy. They don't even like try to do anything with yeah. it. It's that and um, the, the fucking Eminem where they just have him. I've seen one where they just have him uh, narrating the plot to all the Metal Gear Solid games. <laughs> yeah, yeah, AI is is really kind of going crazy. And there was the um, there was a story a little while ago. I don't know. If, I think we covered it maybe. Um, where the uh, uh, some streamers were found to be on a uh, AI porn website, which uh, was was not okay. Uh, that shit's. Uh, kind of creepy it opens up like a whole slew of new um like body issues with that person who's being like kind of ripped off or at least their face is being ripped off um and it, it's just it's just weird it's just really weird and I, I feel like not enough people are trying to make moves on this in terms of like making laws and writing laws for this stuff yeah um, wasn't there just a ruling where the like the supreme court just came out and was like i guess they do this a lot um, but they came out on this. It was some internet bill or some internet like there's section. There's section two thirty. Yeah, which um, I don't know they're, what they're all that's about. It sounds like you have an idea of what's going on there. Yeah, yeah. Section two thirty. Um, I I'm gonna scratch the surface of it because I don't want to um go too deep into it. I don't know uh everything there is about it. There's a lot of resources online, but section two thirty basically governs how what allows um google and uh, youtube and every basically every like major internet website out there that allows them to curate material and content that you see it basically kind of allows the algorithm to exist because Mm. it says okay Based off your YouTube watch history and your subscription history, we're going to slam the front page with this that you might be interested in and say, would you like to look at this? Um, 
and I think a lot of the first time Section 230 got in like the crosshairs was when they started like censoring stuff and when they would um, uh, like shadow ban people. And it was a little it was a little subjective to the private companies um, kind of idea. And that was when the right was basically saying, no, down with Section 230, down with Section 230, which is completely asinine, because if you get away with Section 230, and if you rewrite it or you dismantle mm -hmm. it in any way, you basically open up these private companies to really frivolous lawsuits by, like, fucking anybody. And those companies are not going to have it. And they would rather, sh like, make the platform utter shit right. than Have put themselves make themselves liable for like hate crimes. Cause what it, what ended up happening would be like then they would own the content that they're giving out as well. Um mm. and, and and there'd be like no regulation that, is a that huge they could thing, enforce. Yeah, so wasn't so like if somebody came out with like a like a hate crime or said, Hey, there's a bomb is gonna explode here, then Google or Twitter or Facebook or whoever puts that on their platform has to own that and would be the would be the direct um, right. target of like that's a lawsuit a, yeah. and not the people that's a yeah that's like an old kind of ruling where it's like um basically the analog i guess was made to like a newspaper stand like the newspaper stand mm -hmm. is responsible for like you know uh maintaining stuff but they aren't responsible for anything that's said in like the magazines and newspapers on there yeah like yeah, you probably yeah. can't put porn on there, but like if someone puts out a really nasty, hateful opinion, like the New York Times or like the New York Post, that's not your problem. You can't get sued for that yeah. shit. And that's what YouTube and Google and like Twitter are claiming. Like they're just, yeah. the, they're the newsstand. So okay, to and hear that that's what they're trying to dismantle that that distinction is is really bad. Yeah, there was there was basically I forgot what the exact lawsuit was, but there was a lawsuit um, that was uh, in I think in regards to the algorithm. That's why I brought that up originally um, about how it like gives out content to people. Um, and I think I oh I think it was uh, don't don't quote me on it, but I think it was along the lines of the the content that they uh, were curating to somebody to a child to somebody who was or to anybody. But I think in this case it was somebody's kid, um, like ended up being like really vile shit, and like they ended up getting on the wrong side of the algorithm, and they kept on feeding them that mm -hmm. stuff, which can happen. And a lot of people call it a pipeline. Yep. There's like the alt right pipeline that you know you start off with one video, and then you keep on going down this rabbit hole, and you end up in a totally different place, and you're like, how did I end up watching this? And, TikTok's kind of notorious uh, for it, right? Where you'll end up on like Spanish language TikTok or cop tiktok yeah or you could you could watch something for a little bit too long accidentally and then your next stuff is just like a lot of it and they'll like now it's all cooking video tiktok and that's all you're getting yeah or you know yeah um that has a really adaptive um uh that has a really like like aggressive algorithm that like especially because you're only watching 30 second videos um and you see it right away with a youtube video if you're watching 10 minute videos it's, it's kind of harder to um acknowledge that uh you know especially when it's giving you options to watch different things so uh yeah it, it's it's kind of wild um 
but yeah, this is something we definitely want to like keep in mind or keep like maintained and actually probably bolster rather than dismantle. Mm. Um, and even the Supreme Court has come out and said like we don't really fully understand. This yeah, stuff. that's why I was trying to and bring this full circle where they were saying um, this isn't like one, it's not a thing we're well versed in, and two, like it, we're not well versed in it because there's no laws on this because. This needs to be mm-hmm. an action done by the legislation, the legislative branch. Yeah. They need to write laws about this so we can judge on them. It's not we're not here to litigate from or you know legislate from the bench. Yeah, especially when it's like private companies that are doing something completely legal that are within their rights. Um, and it, it's I I don't know how they're going to rule. Um, if they're going to rule one way or the other, if they're they might try to throw it out because it. It certainly seemed like they didn't really fully comprehend it when it came in because they kept on asking questions about it that like made them kind of seem clueless. Mm-hmm. But um, that's actually happened before, and it's kind of surprised people with how they how they end up ruling. So, we'll we'll see what happens. Uh, we're not expecting a ruling. I think until June. Um, yeah. So yep. that's kind of gist of that. Um, just be- one last thing before we get on to our our main event, mm-hmm. our our small course. Um, Shinji Mikami, he is leaving Tango Gameworks and I guess they're part of Xbox. Um, so he's, he was the one who was a big, big boy on, uh, Resident Evil, right? Um, I'm trying, oh. yes, Resident Evil, not Silent Hill. I'm thinking of someone else. Um, yeah, so he was, he was a big Capcom boy. Um, Resident Evil, this is, that's his baby. Um, and he so he set up Tango after he he was at Platinum Games. Then he left and formed Tango, and now he's leaving Tango. I think because of um, some like a purchase by Bethesda or some other business moves. Um, I guess wait they made Hi-Fi Rush. Okay. Um, so yeah, so he's out, um, and he hasn't announced anywhere he's going he's like he's like 57 60 at this point um so he may he may just retire or he may do something else um who knows but he's been a he's you know he's been a big force in the industry for sure a big creative voice um so we'll see where he goes now um and what he's he's left the team he's left behind i'm sure we'll we'll uh have a vacancy there Mm-hmm. Um. So let's uh let's shrink right into our let's main let's event. Let's get down to it. Um. Let's bigify. Let's quantum let's, guy, ant person. Quantumania. Lots of ant. All right. First off, I gotta say I, okay. I was saying this last night. I've been saying it for for years. Not enough ants. Not enough ants. No. We had some ants. Not that's, enough. Ants. That's literally why they put the ants at the end. We're gonna, I, we're gonna spoil this. I don't fucking, whatever. Um, I would, I, I, I kind of would recommend you watch this on like Disney Plus or something, just because for me, it's like super schlock, and it's really fucking off the wall and goofy and, and ridiculous in the ways that I like, where I'm just like, I'm like losing my mind in the theater and like kind of laughing. It's like, is this, yeah, is I, what I'm seeing real? Um. I, I think there were a couple times where I wouldn't mind a little backup button to go back thirty seconds. It's okay because that didn't. I didn't need to do that because that you know whenever I saw Darren's face, I just I waited till the next time I'd see his face because they decide. Okay, 
All right, let's talk well, about, let's the talk about the ants in the room. first. I just th- I want to say that they okay. put the ants in there because they knew people were going to see this movie and they go, "Where's the ants? There should be I, ants I in the so. Sandman movie." So like, all right, we got to put the ants in there. Yeah, yeah, and, and they they did put the ants a little. And it bit, was fucking. But I was so, hoping. It was, it was Starship Troopers, and Kurt and I were... So Kurt, when we were watching this, was joking that the beginning looks like the Clendathu scene on Starship Troopers, where it's, like, dark, and there's, like, they're, like, trying to fend off the bugs and shit. Um, and like, this looks like Star Tro- Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers. Um, and then at the end, it's the, it's the attack of the bugs <laughs> from Starship Troopers. Yeah. It really is, and it makes you scared of bugs again. Uh, I'm scared of ants now, again. Uh, I haven't. I have an irrational fear to being swarmed by ants. I don't know if anybody else does. I really don't want that ever to happen to me. Oh. Like, like a fuck ton oh, yeah. of ants. Like, not just not just talking about like, oh, I got a little bit, got a few ants on my arm. Uh, because I, all right, side side story. Um, if you think you're okay and you're safe from the ants, you're not. If you put something sugary and sweet on the ground and let it sit there for a little while, they'll find it. They'll find it. They always do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was I was eating a bag of um, it was like half finished. It was a giant bag of um, of kettle corn, uh, and, and it was <laughs> man, dude, this is like my one nightmare come true. And I was just sitting Did there, you- and Kristen was asleep. She's passed out. This was like from the night before. We left the bag there overnight. Didn't think anything of it. Because we never have an ant problem. They never get in the house. And we're like, ah, they'll never get it. I never even thought about it. And then I pull out my hand after eating a few. It's covered. I ate, I ate a f- couple handfuls. And I see an ant. And I'm like, what, what's this doing here? What? Oh, fuck. How'd that get on my hand? And then I, I look on the bag. And there's just ants all over the bag. <laughs> and I'm like... Oh my fucking god! Oh no! And then I look inside the bag, and I just see little black like dots just moving around. Just and I'm like, Oh my fucking god! I've been eating ants! I've been eating ants! Kettle corn! Oh, I, 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 I said, Oh my god! Oh Did my you fucking drop god! Kick the kettle and corn bag. I, I, I think I handled it pretty well. I, I calmly set it down, and I'm like, I can't move. I'm, I was paralyzed for a little bit. Kristen thought I like I, I was choking or like somebody died in my family and woke up in the most like fevered panic oh. ever. And and I'm like, don't look over here. <laughs> if you wanna live, don't look over here. So that's my thing about ants. Don't get covered in them, uh, is my recommendation. Uh instead put them in your movie a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Uh instead of having it be like the Chekhov's gun Chekhov's kind of save the day. The, 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 the Deus Ant Machina. Ant Machina. Yeah. Yeah, Deus Ant Machina. I'm like and one one final thing about the ants. Um <laughs> is that it didn't make sense. So uh yeah, fuck it. We're spoiling a, a Absolutely. Like, you know, parts of this. Absolutely. Um so Hank Hank says, Hey, my ants told me because you can speak to the ants. It told me that they lived through like 10,000 years while we were falling into the quantum realm. Uh, I don't think anybody got pulled into the quantum realm like differently or like at a different rate. Yeah, it was um, quite miraculous that really all the ants that... just happened to experience time dilation. But Just the ants experienced 10,000 years of time dilation where they were able to get smarter 
and form a technocratic civilization somewhere else, else. Off somewhere else in the quantum realm off screen we don't we never see it we kind of see we it we see them they right? see it. Have a little montage of them like welding skyscrapers or some shit um it it was almost like they were building the city for Kang, though. That's what I kind of got out of that. So I'm sure it confused some people. They're like, "Wait, did the ants build Kang's city for him?" Like, yeah, what the, the fuck? F- it's it's one. It's that baffling shit where like, and as soon as he said, it, I'm like, okay, so it's gonna be Kang and his goons versus the ants. But like, just the couple things like when when Hank says, you know, the super smart ants talk to me through my. <laughs> My fucking hearing aid. Hearing like, aid. If I said that to you <laughs> and you haven't seen this movie, you're going to think I'm insane. And that's what a lot of... There's, there's a lot of things in this movie that are like that. Um, and yeah. if I told you Hank he, would T-pose, like he T-poses as the ants flow around him to save the day. <laughs> if if you told me somebody was going to uh, fucking goo in somebody's mouth so they could understand everybody's speech mm-hmm. around them i would have been like what it's like oh no i mean so apparently so part of this a lot of what might help you click this is that one of the writers was a rick and morty writer oh that that explains so much about like yeah. also like kind of the design and like of mm-hmm. uh of some of the characters and some of the writing yeah the oh that, that makes yeah. sense um yeah so was it jack kirby <laughs> Is it Kirby? Is that him? <laughs> yes, Jack Kirby, who is definitely still alive, um, wrote for Rick well, and one Morty. Of the writers was no Jack Kirby was the original writer of like Ant Man, I think, back in the sixties. <laughs> and they why is he credited? <laughs> because... Fuck you! <laughs> so it says Jeff Loveness and Jack Kirby are the writers. Unless on it's IMDb. someone who also happens to be a Jack Kirby. No, yeah, Jack Kirby died in 1994. Yeah. It has his death date. Yeah, okay, never mind. I'm <laughs> fucking dumb. Uh, like, clip it. Clip, clip that. It. Clip it. Put it on YouTube. Um, uh, fuck so, me, dude. Okay. Yeah, so fucking... Let, this... it. My, prop, my, my issue with the Ant-Man quantum realm business is that they obviously they wanted to go for the otherworldly alien feeling. Okay, sure. Um... But it need if that you also want to make a movie that'll bring you into the world and make you like kind of relate to it and understand it. But I don't think they did that. Like so, I compare this movie to Tron Legacy. I, I as, as there's so much I saw in this. Like even from the plot breakdown, where um, the young the youth of the family gets everyone sucked into this small world where time is time flows differently, and a the villain who is related to the elder of the family has, has raised this um, fascist army and is planning to invade the regular world. As soon as the elder unknowingly coming back into that world has laid the plans for this army to, to reestablish themselves in the world and you have to defeat them and escape. Um, That's just the plot themes. There's a lot of just like weird superficial relationships too, like the, I think of like the bar in Tron Legacy, Zeus's bar, and the weird cliffside thing in in Quantum Mania where Bill Murray shows up. Um, yeah, just the scene of Kang and his goons walking around is definitely like Clue and the those guys. I'm not saying that it ripped it off. 
it, there's there's a there's definitely enough difference where it's not like it's not like they yeah. did it beat for beat. It, it just happens to be a lot of similar things. But the thing about Tron Legacy, as like as mid as that movie was, I love that movie. It's mid, but I fucking love it, obviously because of the Daft Punk soundtrack. That was a world that I feel like they fleshed it out enough where you could understand being and living in that world. Like there were things to do. The people had jobs, people had entertainment, there were places you could go. It was a world you could kind of vision yourself existing in. In Quantum Mania, I don't feel like it had a lot of that. I don't so yeah. The the bar scene. The bar scene was like kind of where it started to jump the shark for the quantum realm. And mm-hmm. you're like, oh, you have this shipyard and you know people working and they're moving stuff around the hustle and bustle of like this quantum mania with with the with the star trek extras or the star wars star wars cantina extras reused yeah i mean it just it kristen was like i feel like i'm watching a star wars you know movie all everybody just looks like an alien like they they stopped becoming like these microorganisms that were gooey and whatever, like mm-hmm. we saw with a couple of them, and they started just becoming fucking aliens. Like, that's all they were. Um, right. It, I feel like there just wasn't enough care put into, like, the idea of, I don't know, like, what if there was a small world beneath us it, and just said, like, fuck it, make them look like weird aliens. Because you could take this location and just put it in space, and there'd be oh, no yeah. difference. Me absolutely no difference. So like, I don't know what like, what um, consequences or uh, purpose does the quantum realm have on the overarching plot of the movie? And that's kind of where it loses me a little bit um, because every time I see like a new character brought into it, whether it be um, just another humanoid, mm-hmm. a human fucking person a psychic guy that has his own storyline and 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 i just think i'm like why like these are just small people (laughs) these are just small organisms like people it's just really really small i understand that concept but where i where i I fail to understand that concept is why there's so many people down here why there's like a city down here what does it do like what does it know about the outside i don't Maybe I'm thinking about it too small, and it's like... No, I feel... But that's the problem with this, is that you have to think on this grandiose scale that we're we're, we're not able to comprehend. Mm-hmm. Like, the to me, it was the alien stuff was not relatable enough, and the relatable stuff was not alien enough. It was not, like, they didn't... At the same time, you have... Na- I don't even remember her name, but, like, generic rebel leader who can fight with a stick, and her pals... At the same time, as you have penis buildings who are, like, cradling each other as they die in their arms and shoot lasers out of their fucking tentacles. I'm like, you're gonna... This is not how you pair these things. It's amazing. It baffles my mind, but that's not how you put these things together. Like, how how are you gonna have... Like the guy, the goo boy, the guy, the guy goo, like drink the goo. How many holes do you have, Mister? How many holes do you have? Yeah. Just like he's there. Back to the whole joke. Um, you have the the laser guy who just wants to shoot things who shot people like twice, and that's it. Yeah. Um, you have headlamp and- man who is like, okay, nifty, cool, 
uh, very interesting design, but he's just there to punch people and shoot his headlamp laser. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and you have like these throwaway star celebrity appearances. Bill Murray as just like a random dude who could have been. Anybody. He's doing his most yeah, Bill, Murray-est, Bill Murray, where he just comes into a scene, he, he sits down, and, and delivers did... dialogue. He showed up and did Bill Murray, and that's it. And okay, fine. I mean, that's kind of what Jeff Goldblum did. Um, but it, it just, I don't know if it was really 100% necessary if that needed to happen. Um, and, and, and I, I, I say these things, I bring up all these points, not because I'm nitpicking. It sounds like I'm nitpicking. I, I, mm-hmm. I really kind of feel like I'm, I'm nitpicking at a certain point. Um, but I, I feel like they could have focused on better parts of the movie and expanded those parts a bit. You know, we left the real world so fast. Yeah. Um, maybe like, I feel like it was like 15, 10 to 15 minutes in, Mm -hmm. not even, we were just, as soon as they got to the dinner table scene, they like went down to the basement. Then they said, okay, we're down the quantum realm. They got there so fast. And I think that's where it kind of broke up because that should have been like interspacing acts. Right. You know, like going down into the quantum realm should have been like between act one and two or like act, you could, yeah, act one where and you two. can really like take a little longer to set up the things that the, the interpersonal uh, conflicts and dramas that you want to pay off over the course of the movie. Yeah. Cause it's about those five characters and also Kang, like those are the six important characters in the film and they don't really do a lot with them. Like the most like egregious thing for me is the, um, is Janet the Jan- the Janet character yeah, Janet where she's it's she she does the thing that we all the cliche that we all gripe about that doesn't happen that much but when it does it's so obvious where she's like I can't tell you about him now let's keep walking for another two hours um, and I won't tell you about him because there's not enough time but we're gonna just keep walking and then fly and then sit down at the bar and I'm never gonna tell you about this until it's sufficiently yeah. dramatic. Like that, that was so forced into this and it, it did not help that the writing also supported that because they brought it up so many times and she referenced him, him so many he, times. The, the, him, the, he, the pronoun word salad of like, just fucking say his name. Say, Kang. say like my you, name. Bitch. So, yeah. So I don't know. Maybe they could have done some like flashbacks of like, her fighting in this supposed freedom fighter army before sure. she got pulled out in the second Ant-Man or focus more on Scott trying to be a father to Cassie and show how, uh, cause you, you don't really see how smart Cassie is until they just throw it in your face and say she fucked around with some yeah, quantum it's, it's, satellite Again, thing. that's like the, so that's what a lot, there's a lot of things in the movie like that where it's the, it's the trope, like the trope version of the plot. Like it's the the young genius who just is a genius and can do science at everything. She's like, I just made like a quantum probe. It's like a satellite, but quantum. Wow. Yeah, and just... like I feel like that's gonna get so overplayed throughout this, without like an an un, like a some sort of external understanding because everybody's like a better Tony Stark at like sixteen. Yeah. Like she made this quantum satellite thing on by herself, and then we're gonna be introduced to uh, Riri Williams, mm-hmm. who's 
made her iron suit at like 15 and you know kang you know yeah. uh, uh, he, uh richards we're gonna be introduced to richards and once they bring in reed richards he's like even smarter than tony stark so is this gonna blow everybody out blow all the intelligence out of the water i don't fucking know but like i said i think that to harp on this again is i think they needed to focus on act one more um, and instead, I think we got this such a small snippet of Act One, and I'm I'm saying Act One is before they enter the quantum right. realm, and and the fact that they jumped into it during Act One feels really rushed and weird, um, and it just kind of did not help with the pacing of how they should have done a little bit more setup and then jump into the quantum mm-hmm. realm, and then maybe you could let let the movie breathe in that first part get a little weird you know you don't have to show every single scene you can you can leave it to be like they eventually found a flying thing they didn't necessarily need to come mm-hmm. up against this wandering uh caravan uh, of goo people um, caravan of and like, then goo have a big flying and... manta thing fly back in the green screen behind her as she pets the very badly cg'd uh animal you know because this has been a this has been a complaint with all the recent Marvel movies, Marvel shows, is that the CG really is not aging. And now we have Avatar two to compare this shit to, and it fucking is hard yeah. to enjoy these movies where everything is green screened and CGI'd. It affects the performance because they just have to fucking imagine that they're petting a goo creature. Um, yeah, so and they made I, again. It's like, what a what a decision. I, I they can't move it a lot because they planned it so far in advance. But no, seeing the burnout that's happened over the, the CG industry, it was a very bold choice to to set your movie in an entirely CG world. Where like, how are you put practical sets on this? Like, maybe in Kang's fortress, I guess. But the whole I mean, movie is in the weird fractal world where the, the yeah. swirly galaxies are just in the background of everything. Well, that's why if you if you extend that act one, you get you get the access to the real world and you get more practical facts and you can you can spend more time in the Kang world um, later on. So we, we finally get down there and you're going through a lot of like schlocky CG stuff mm-hmm. and you're being introduced to this this um, eventually to this uh, wandering rove of uh resistance uh, refugees yeah. th- this resistance and refugee party um which is which is okay i feel like a lot of it was unnecessary and it just like it just set up like the purpose of this whole entire thing was just to set up the fact that cassie has a suit and when mm-hmm. king's people come in to like uh take everybody including um, modok they they fight yeah they fight back and then then the introduce oh yeah modok and so we get introduced to the Modoc in the room, uh, which is Darren, which we all saw coming. Totally, um, I, I gotta I, say, I didn't see him coming at all. It was it was rough, but I think they they did the best that they could do with Modoc. I don't see a better way you could do Modoc. I I I you know what I would have because Modoc is just a, such a famous character. I kind of would have accepted him as just. He's there, and he showed up, and it's like okay, I guess. But I, the thing about this, the whole Darren thing, is that I just like I don't know. I had like an out of body experience every time 
the mask flipped up and it was just his stretched like aspect ratio ass face like it's like it's spy kids fucking 3d or like shark boy and lava girl and they just put the face and the fact so that's the one thing i was like if they did it a couple times like yeah all right fine cool but every scene that modok shows up he flips up the visor so that we can see that face again and it does not matter what he's saying it does not matter what the scene is i am like just like I have a thousand yard stairs. I'm like, I'm watching the big head man on the screen talk to the ant people in the in the tiny world where the broccoli man is fighting Kang the Conqueror. And I'm just, and I'm sitting here and they're like, I have to we're, we have to rebel. And the goo man runs in and he gets he's like, I have holes now. And 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 then and then big oh, head boy God, Darren, yeah. he's the guy's big head and he's like, I wanna be less of a dick. I, my wish is to not be a dick. Let's not be. And, and for, I'm just sitting here like for, I'm having like a fever dream as this whole scene, whole scene goes out. This was the climax of the movie for me. Was the big battle scene. I'm I'm sure it was the actual action climax, but this was the this was the peak of of like my my acid trip. Like it's not it's not again it's not even the weirdness. Of these things, like I see, we watch weird shit all the time. I watch weird shit all the time, but the fact that like they just threw it out there into this big ass movie, and just they they just said it's gonna be here. It's I just kind of marveled at the audacity of it. Yeah, um, <sighs> I don't I don't really know. If they could fit Modoc anywhere else too, um, and, and it does, when you do look at it from a pulled back view, Modoc really feels like they kind of just also threw him in there for the sake of uh, a name of a villain, um, and I think the fact that he had a stretched out face, I, I get, I, I appreciate the fact that they poked fun at it mm-hmm. though. And they weren't all that serious about it, which I think is like the only way you could get away with it because the only worst way you could do this was make him a straight man, like super serious, like I'm going to kill you and then have nobody make fun of his baby legs. Like I don't I don't see that happening. Right. Um, so the, the, the poking fun of him and kind of diminishing him in that aspect uh, made him more likable for me. Um, oh, yeah, I had I had a lot of fun with him for sure. I don't. Th- I don't know how much I. I love the fact that he's. Everybody has to be connected. Like this had to be Darren. Right. Um, and like, could it have been something else? Could it have been a Kang that, um, like he made or something like that? Like, a or it robot, could have just been original um, Modok, which or was, a, you know, it was a created organism that just someone made. I don't remember the lore, but I don't feel like he has a yeah a crazy like tied in origin story. He could have, like you said, he could have been one of Kang's minions that he manufactured. Yeah, it could have been like a prototype. Like he was like planning on making more of them or something like that, and uh, or, or or he only had one power supply. Like he came across like in his search to recreate his um his multiverse uh, engine, he found this. He found this the crystal or whatever. Maybe the crystal on top of his fucking forehead, and that crystal powered this um, organism, this machine that you know evolved into this monstrosity. That you know uh, different stuff. I. Personally, I, I'll go out on a stretch, and I don't think Kang should have been 
the the main player in this. I think he should have been a background. Yeah. So I've been I've been trying to look into um the differences between this phase, this series of phases, and the phase we grew up on. And that you know, phase phase one through three, the Thanos line, that ranged from two thousand eight to uh twenty nineteen ish. Twenty nineteen, mm-hmm. twenty twenty. Um so about 10, 12 years in the making. And I'm not counting after Thanos because whatever. Those are fucking you know, movies. Um, and we got the first introduction of Thanos in 2012 uh, at Avengers. Avengers 1. They blip Thanos on their end credit scene. Right. Yay, we're getting Thanos thing. Two years later, they reference him again. He's, uh, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy. And he's like behind one of the war things. Okay, cool. He's only there for a few, a few minutes mm-hmm. maybe, but he's a background player. He's he's controlling things in the background. You know he's there. You know he's a threat, uh, but he he's sending other people out to do his shit. And then you have uh, Ragnarok, where he stops Thor's ship and he fucking obliterates everybody. And you're like, holy shit, he is powerful. What the fuck are we gonna do? How are we gonna um, how are we gonna deal with him? And then 2019, we get yeah. Thanos introduced originally. We've had Kang in Loki, which came out in um, 2021. Mm-hmm. Loki came out in 2021. We had a blip of Kang, but he was not the Kang that we're going to know. Now we have this Kang two years and he later. And gets his ass beat. And we get a lot of Kang. And he gets his ass beat in by a, In a fucking fist fight after he uses... like He's, he's shown... They, they try and make him imposing... By having him use his cool telekinetic powers, which humbles everyone in a fucking second. And then he gets out on the battlefield oh and he's just shooting God. lasers. And you're like, where's the cool telekinetic powers that, like, Raffle stopped yeah. everyone in the room? Why are you dicking around, punching and shooting lasers at the three ant people when you Like, can yell and explode fucking... The, the fucking town? When you can lock in two people... And just toss them away like they're fucking ragdolls and vaporize this tiny one in there. I'm sorry, but it just, it, it, he wasn't evil enough. Yeah. Like you're, the way we're supposed to be. This guy who's supposed to be the conqueror, who's supposed to erase timelines and not have any sympathy towards anything, is trounced by, uh, you know, three people and a big guy. Uh, yeah. Man, and again, know. yeah, I, he loses to again, just a, I feel like I'm nitpicking. Yeah, he loses to a generic fist fight, which I, I think goes beyond nitpicking. Um, and apparently, so um, I'll jump quick to the after credits where we see that there's the whole all the Kangs. And I was joking with Kurt because I kind of understood that Kang was like, he's a multiverse guy, so it's going to be a lot of him. And Kurt didn't believe me because I was, I was like, this is going to be like fucking Metacooler where he's going to come down the big Getty star and there's going to be a gajillion clones of him. And he's gonna fight, and it turns out you just gotta punch him really hard. Um, so they're setting like that level of Kang up to be cad- cannon fodder. And the post credits like, here, I brought all of us. But apparently, like, I don't know this character very well. Again, I'm not versed in the comics, but from what I've learned, like, they're doing him backwards. Like, they're doing the whole character backwards because, as I understand it, like, there was the there was the the. Um, the tall hat one and the Egyptian one and like the future one. And in the comics, those were all just villains. They were all their own villains and there were a bunch more villains and they were all going around being villains of heroes. Yeah. And 
the twist was, hey, all those villains, turns out they're the same person. Like, you didn't know that they were all Kang, or all versions of Kang, yeah. until it was revealed. So instead of doing that, where they take that reveal, they're doing it backwards, where they're showing you all the versions first, and then having them go off and do their things. And that's a lot less um, dramatically satisfying, I would say. Um, yeah, I mean, even if they do that, like they, even if they split them up, or something like that. I don't know what they're. I don't really know where they're gonna go, and I can't think of anything that I can imagine is going to be as compelling as I think the the Thanos arc was. Like, are they just going to come together as the Kang of Councils? And my friend was saying he thinks it's gonna be the Council of Kangs versus the Avengers versus um, Kang the Conqueror, and we haven't seen the last of the Kang from this movie, which you gotta love how. They, I don't know they set I... that up at the end where he's like, what if he's not dead? And then they just, they immediately cut to the other Kangs and they're like, oh, you know, that kind of dissolves that tension. And, and like, I don't know if I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I'm scared. I don't know if I'm like scared of Kang the Conqueror because he got beat in a fist fight. Put him out against Captain America. He's going to break his fucking yeah. skull in a day of the week. Even old man Captain <laughs> America. And then, you know. He's sure he's got his like suit, but like, okay, he can be overpowered with numbers now. Yeah. So where was the where was the fright? I don't I don't really understand. There was there was a lot of dissolve a lot it's, of dissolving of dramatic tension, kind of all in the span of about ten fifteen minutes. When I think that's what kind of killed it for me because they built him up in the middle. Act two, Kang, awesome. Yeah. The way he was like gonna fucking snap Cassie's neck and like force scott to like do his bidding excellent really enjoyed that part really enjoyed yep. like the the bunch of scott langs coming together to save cassie and shrink down the mm. although that was um, a kind the, of a the, weird the hand wavy like you have to steal the crystal it's like all right just say you need to get it back like i get it that he's a thief but it's a stretch to call it as a heist anyways i don't yeah <laughs> it wasn't really a heist it was just like a i need you to, need shrink to fix it down. this thing and for me that was bizarre that was kind of bizarre. Um, uh, you know, I don't know why it had to be him too. I, I'm, I'm surprised that this this you know supposed like man of infinite intelligence couldn't invent pin particles yeah. um, because he can like open up portals around the quantum realm for some fuck all reason. And yeah, so I, actually that is that is a little baffling he as can, well too. Um, he can do so whatever he wants until I, the I, plot needs him to not be able to do it. Um, like Jonathan Majors as Kang, fantastic. I like him. Sure. I just think they powered him down where it was necessary, mm -hmm. and didn't keep a consistent power level for him. And and I don't know if we're I'm as afraid of him as I was Thanos. Like Thanos seems stealthy, ten yeah. times scarier than Kang. Kang was beaten by the guy who doesn't even have fucking superpowers. He, do? yeah. he just has technology. Um, yeah. So they they beat him, and he like his power. He gets whisked away. Um, after a humiliating defeat, and then they go back to the you know the portal back to the home world closes because that was the fight. Is like we can't let him back into the the real world or the the regular world. And as soon as the portal closes, like I even I knew it. Like as soon as it closes behind them, I'm like you're maybe thinking like oh are they going to be trapped here? But 
I feel like they didn't even set up the tension for that to be dissolved. I was checking my watch. I'm like, all right, any second no. they're going to open that portal back up because there's yes. no reason they can't. And then they did, I, and they all I got am... home happy and free, and they ate ice cream. Like, I understand this is supposed to be a more of a comedic movie, but when you introduce Kang the Conqueror, who's supposed to be your next Thanos, in a big role, not in a small role, this is a big fucking role, mm-hmm. kind of like Infinity War, how Thanos was involved directly with that. And you, one, get him beat, and two, you don't have the balls to, like, kill anybody off? Other than these random, like, yeah. like conehead characters. Yeah, not even, like, Michelle Pfeiffer like, or Michael people. Douglas, who are, like, old as shit at this point and probably Nobody want out. Nobody died. Yeah. I'm like, dude, keep your... I don't Make know. something mean something. Yeah, yeah. I, I had no feeling in this, and I think that's where I, I think I'm missing from the original, the, the first three phases of, of the Avengers series, was there was meaning to that, mm-hmm. and... When somebody died, it meant something. You know, when, when Nick Fury was on his deathbed, they actually played up that tension a lot better until they revealed that he was okay and that's in the end. Of, um, yeah. And, and now and now we don't even get, like, the the anticipation of is, is Scott and Hope, like, trapped in the quantum realm after they just, you know, sacrifice themselves to keep him there. Uh, mm-hmm. Instead, they're just they're just better, they're just yeah. And there. they're they're just they're just especially back at home for and... a, the the third movie, right? Where we've had this a couple times: Iron Man three, you know, Thor three, um, Captain America three, right? Or was it Captain America? They just did the two. Oh, I guess I guess uh, Civil War it's was the Civil third, War, right? Those yeah. were like where you take the the stakes and you ramp them up because you have your characters now and you've established them, and it's time to ramp it up and i think that's what they were trying to do with this um but again they they fucking tripped on the finish line um not to mention the fact that they introduce all of their their movies ahead of time and you're like okay this is the beginning of phase five and you're talking about you either beat king the conqueror like real bad like real real fucking bad or he gets into the outside world and takes over the whole fucking universe multiverses and um i don't know maybe that should have been what they end up doing release them out Mm -hmm. there you know maybe maybe make this thing where like the council of kings have to go after him with the avengers or something like that or the or he's on the land maybe the thunderbolts which is a movie that's coming up right and you have a team up between kind of bad guys and other kind of bad guys and who are but who are they gonna face now Uh, we don't we don't know who they're gonna face do they have anybody like actually worthwhile facing off against i just i don't know what we're building up to and i don't know if the council of kings is scary or not or if there's something else at first i thought kang was talking about um galactus sure he's like i know how it ends i know how it ends and he's like is he talking about galactus but he was just talking about all the kings they're shit. not gonna. I okay. feel like they're not gonna introduce Galactus until like fucking Fantastic Four, um, maybe, or not. Maybe they'll save that. Who knows? <laughs> but um, <sighs> who knows? Yeah, no. The I will say the other thing about the Council of Kangs is that they look again like in Spy Kids three. They look like remember all the Sylvester Stallone like copies. 
and you're like, oh, there's the Egyptian one. There's the one with the Star Trek The Next Generation hat on. Um, so a lot of fucking goofy shit. I will say my I, I don't have a lot more to say about this. I could keep picking away at it like like some like some bread bread at communion and dip it <laughs> dip it in the wine. But um my my general thought, my last thought on this is like sure, watch this on Disney Plus. No need to see it in theaters. Um watch this and then just watch Tron Legacy, which I think is also on Disney Plus. And just I don't know, just because Tron Legacy is like a good movie, and just enjoy it. Side note, they are coming out with the Tron 3. They announced it. I think they're going to call it Tron Ares. That's the working title at the moment. Um, they're going to bring back the two, Olivia Wilde and the dude from from Tron Legacy, and they're going to bring on Jared Leto. Jared, Jared Leto's coming oh, on to God. Tron, so he can morb all over cyberspace now. Um. Oh jeez. Yeah. So that's I mean that's my final thoughts on this. Yeah, my my final thought is it, this is one of the I haven't felt this conflicted about a Marvel movie in a while like in, in one sense I, I appreciate the goofiness and the um the acting that we saw and the performance that we saw but on the other hand I just can't get past the really abhorrent like CGI um the choppy plot the story that kind of didn't lead anywhere and the really bad i'm a sucker for villains mm-hmm. i really want there to be a really good villain yeah. in the show and i he had potential but he really fell on his face in that third act and uh that i was hoping for like i was ready for a man to die yeah. and, and and i thought that would have been a great send-off save his daughter like they were checking off the box here's dude. our old avenger out new avenger off. in Yes, they've been doing that for a long time, and now that the snowblower took out Hawkeye, um, <laughs> I don't you know, even we have to rely I don't even on get that one because I haven't seen Hawkeye. Well, no, I'm talking about the actual like snowcat thing that oh. fucking chopped up uh, Jeremy Renner's legs, and I'm like, he might have to get one Shit, amputated. I think I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that was like right at the beginning of the year that he. Um, uh, I saw what what actually ran over him, and it was a fucking tank. It was literally a, a it was like it had tank treads, um, and it was like this big snowcat thing that ran over him and like shattered his shattered mm-hmm. shattered his legs, um, and he like was o- almost died. I be- like almost from internal died. bleeding. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, and. and like his his breath, like they, uh, yeah, whatever. But I don't know if he's gonna be coming back to acting. Yeah, like he he may he may have to quit. So thankfully, we may get the little Hawkeye girl. Yeah, or whatever. if he's gonna come back, I guess it's Friend. gonna be an Echo. That's the next um, part of that. Oh my! Don't even. <laughs> I I'm gonna tell everybody out there: don't bother watching Echo. It's gonna be. I'll, I will eat a fucking. Uh, I'll eat dog food if. <laughs> Echo turns if, out to be good. Uh, I'll, yeah. On screen, I will eat dog food if Echo turns out to be like the Disney Plus show mm-hmm. to go see, because like I, you you heard it here, audience. It's based off, it's based off like a C tier villain in like a Marvel show spinoff. It's like a spinoff of a spinoff gets a show about this deaf girl, and it's like I just feel like it's for inclusion. Unless purposes, you're gonna pull a fucking and Andor with it, that's the only way you're gonna redeem that shit. 
But, you know, we'll get that after we get the Marvels. Yeah, I, I have more hopes about the Marvels uh, than I do Echo. Yeah. Whatever, <laughs> whatever, man. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe wait for this on Disney+. Plus. I, I wouldn't be rushing. If you're really interested, there is a good setup for Loki at the end, but you can go find that on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 you know, hey, if you really love uh, Paul Rudd, then go see it. I will say Paul Rudd and Michael Douglas carry this fucking movie, and there's oh. not enough Michael Douglas or Ants in this movie yeah. to carry it to what I would say mm-hmm. to go rush to see it. I, I will agree there. Like, I it didn't occur to me, but, like, yeah, um, of the cast, like, yeah, those two are, are really putting putting their ankles in it, which is great because they were in the in that one ad the first time for the first Ant Man, which is my favorite yeah. ad for I mean, any of they, these things. Where they 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 had fun with it. They they had a lot of fun with this. I think they always do, and it's just the the actors' personalities come out in it. I think a lot, and I don't know if Michelle Pfeiffer and Evangeline Lilly have that much stake in it. Yeah. And I don't know yeah, who the Hope actress Dine, who plays Cassie is. Um, yeah, Catherine Newton. I haven't really seen her in a lot. I think she was in Euphoria. If I'm not mm, I, I um, will just say this. I think she needs some more experience under her belt. Yeah, she wasn't the best. Um, could have been a lot worse, um, but oh well. Yeah. What are you gonna what, do? What What are you gonna do about a about an Ant Man? That's That's where we're gonna leave you there. Um, with this episode, I didn't. I forgot what number it was. Um, oh, yeah, so Jake, fi- figure it out. Kurt will put. He'll take it and he'll put it right at the front, and he'll just he'll. Kurt, I want you to just throw this in there, just jankily, just cut in the middle of what we're saying. To just put the soundbite of what episode it is. Thanks for watching episode three fifty five of the can. Yeah, and just rip, rip that out and just put it. Yeah, just like a fucking are. rip it off like a Brazilian and just slap it on something. <laughs> um, and on that note, yeah, that's that's episode three fifty five. Um, I guess join us next week, and I think I I want to do Cocaine Bear. I want to watch Cocaine Bear. We should do it next week. <laughs> Um, I just I thought you were just gonna say I, I just want to do, do cocaine, cocaine next week. Can I we just love do that stream, just ripping lines on 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 live air um, next week. Streaming on Kick, we're watching porn and, and doing cocaine. <laughs> and until then, uh, you can catch us wherever podcasts are are lovingly spat out onto the internet. Um, I forget, Kurt always has them in his pocket. I don't, but the fact that you're listening to this already means that you know where to find this um hell yeah so tune in next week same time same channel um and that's it be well stay safe and shrink like it's 1995 peace bye-bye